everybody, and welcome to episode 355 of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm your host, terrible and lazy person, Michael Raparez. <laughs> Who else is joining me here in the Horny Dan Memorial <laughs> Studio of the Airwaves? Uh, if you want to be like Horny Dan, go to la- <laughs> patreon.com slash laser time and donate at the $20 level. And the... Whatever studio might be named after you, but who else is joining me? Uh, <laughs> clear debate winner, Chris Bloomberg. <laughs> <laughs> That's the funniest joke yet. Who else? I, I got to say, I really love that dude. He, uh, the way he doesn't speak in public and uh, has billions of dollars. I uh-huh. really feel like he understands people. Uh-huh. Uh, going platinum, Matthew Allen. And special guest, a wrestling Republican, Cicero Holmes. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Cicero, Ooh, thank you for joining yeah. us. yeah. Isn't wrestling Republican sort of redundant? Because most of those dudes live in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, aren't, aren't, half, aren't half the Attitude Era mayor of some Texas county? Right. Uh, <laughs> you know taxation is theft, brother. Yeah. <laughs> or, or North Carolina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think that's where Kane is. I think he's he's a mayor. mayor. Uh, yeah, and then Ric Flair, I think, resides in one of the Carolinas. Yeah, yes. but he's always broke yeah. anyway. I mean, he's just getting right. married right and left, and then losing yeah. half of it. Yeah. 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 Are yeah. you checking Woo! out the ruthless aggression documentary? <laughs> wow, look what I've done to this podcast. But Cicero, thanks for joining us. Recently, have uh, spun on me. But where can people hear you now? Thanks for having me, man. I, I, I miss you guys. I'm I'm happy to be back. Yeah, it's been uh, too long. Happy back. It has it has been way too long. Um, I thought you guys didn't like me. Well, we um, but oh okay well if you too in video game apocalypse land love me you can find me every sunday on the actual play podcast rivals of Waterdeep on twitch.tv slash dnd uh i play dungeons and dragons now guys you're official too that's like an official wizards of the coast joint right absolutely absolutely on the D&D channel um, I am playing for wizards of the coast I play 5e the newest version of uh, dungeons and dragons uh, and I love it I love it so yeah twitch.tv slash D&D on Sundays 1pm eastern Okay. 10 a.m. Pacific. You can catch us at Rivals Waterdeep on Twitter. I am loving it. Loving the D&D world. Nice. Or the underworld, as you were just telling yes. us from yes. the yes. recent yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so my season uh, that that I, I DM'd. So one of the cool things that we do on our show is we're all in a studio together. And what we've been doing is we've had rotating DMs. So last season was my first season to be the DM, and I took us to hell, literally. <laughs> nice. Being, so, a DM, yeah. being a DM is tough. It's something I've never, I've never really wanted. It's 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 almost I. Okay, you can you can correct me if I'm wrong, Cicero, but I always feel like it's like the actor director situation where every actor secretly wants to be a director. It's like a lot of D and D players secretly want a DM, but it's also way harder than they thought it was. Yeah. It's like there's a lot of preparation. And- you you have to have written out a careful scenario and be willing to completely throw it away, depending yes. on your characters, <laughs> yeah. uh, your your players' decisions. Yeah. So uh, you you asked me to correct you when you were wrong. Mm. I can't correct you because you are not wrong. <laughs> um, I knew it. I know. So, so one one thing that I say about playing Dungeons and Dragons and being a DM in Dungeons and Dragons is you are Bob Ross as the DM, and your players are your arms, and you're trying to describe 
a in your head you want to describe some pretty little clouds yeah. but your arms are drawing uh delicious trees so right. now on the fly you have to describe those delicious trees right. let's just put a little the pretty clouds over here let's put another exactly right yes isn't it's yeah. great yeah. look at the eyes so within five minutes of my campaign my players had taken me somewhere completely different and i was just like oh shit oh shit oh shit um so but it was it was fantastic like being being the dm when you're a player for a a long period of time completely changes your perspective and you think oh yeah i can do that or yeah i'd love to be the dm it is so hard it is so so hard um yeah yeah props props to like uh, anybody who knows like uh, Critical Role, Matt Mercer, props to that dude because he's doing it all the fucking time. I don't know, like he's he's like a wizard when it comes to that stuff. Yeah. Hi. Um, you're, you're like, oh, hey. Because yeah, you're simultaneously like a rule master, rules lawyer, storyteller, and kind of live improv artist that has to play every character that's that's an NPC. You know. And yes. Yeah. Do yes. do not envy that whatsoever. No. No, not at all. Not, not, not too long. Your plugs, but are you not talking about Picard? Oh, I am talking about oh, Picard. Thanks. Yes. Uh, well, fuck yes, I am. Uh, and I will talk about Picard. They curse a lot on Picard, by the it's way. It's crazy. Uh, yeah. yeah. First F word in Star Trek ever. Yeah. I do that every week on the Discovery Debrief podcast uh, oh. that I host with friend of the show, Chris Cloud. Yeah. Uh, Chris. So, Mr. Yeah. Batman himself. Mr. Oh, Batman himself. I sure. love asking and, people because I'm not I, like I haven't even seen all of Next Gen in order. Oh. And I think this show, like, it's one of the quickest moving shows I've ever seen on streaming. It, like, I don't know, man. It, it, I think it blows away a bunch of Netflix, all the Netflix Marvel shit out of the water. Yeah. And, it, and, and makes Star Trek modern and exciting in ways that, like, doesn't hurt who these characters are. Nice. No, 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 not not at all. And, and uh, yeah, like, it's interesting to me because I, I... So right now what I'm doing is... I'm watching all of the Star Trek broadcast shows in reverse order. Oh, oh shit. So, <laughs> right. So, like, I had seen most of the shows and I had seen, like, most of the episodes of most of the shows. And I kind of, you know, I have, like, an understanding of, of those shows. But I don't have the encyclopedic knowledge that my fellow co-hosts on Discovery Debrief have. And... So I wanted to go and start watching. I like I started watching Enterprise uh, because it was like the one show I knew I didn't see all the episodes of. And after I finished Enterprise, I was like, oh, you know what? I never really watched Voyager. So then I started watching Voyager. And then I realized halfway through Voyager that I hadn't really watched all of DS9. So right now I'm in DS9. I'm, I'm in the seventh and final season, I'm halfway through the seventh and final season of DS9, and immediately after that, I'm going to start TNG in the same way. Jeez. But, but oh, and, then, and then you know what you get to do then? The only Star Trek series I've seen every episode of, the animated series. Oh, <laughs> um, also, I did that one out of order. Because um, that was couldn't actually wait. how couldn't I wait. started. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't wait. Right. Yeah. That was how I started. I was like, "Oh shit, I've never seen the animated series." So I watched all of animated series, right. uh, and then I went Enterprise and da da da. So now I'm gonna go back and watch uh, 
Uh, I'll watch the animated series after I finish TNG because it's fucking terrible and I love it. <laughs> it's the worst. You, you know, Enterprise gets a lot better if you just imagine that Scott Bakula's character just leapt into that Dude, body yes. as a captain from yes. somewhere else yes. and he's just yes. trapped there for he's for trapped seasons. there for, yeah i think the dude from quantum leap does make an appearance in one of the episodes of enterprise was he was uh, was Bakula sam or was sam the assistant character I always no him. he was he was sam okay yeah he was sam and okay. then I freak, like so Dean Stockwell, Dean Stockwell, yes. yeah, yeah. I, yeah he, I only remember that because he was in the the Roger Corman Dunwich Horror, oh. which is a terrible movie that no one should see except <laughs> everyone should see it. Exactly, perfect. It's like most perfect. Lovecraftian things, yeah. right? Like you shouldn't actually see Lovecraftian stuff; just stuff that is inspired by Lovecraft. Yes. That's that's the that is stuff. definitely that's more the... inspired by than yeah. actually Lovecraft. Yeah. But yeah, we've yeah. got a fun show ahead. A couple of beloved platinum games mm-hmm. are returning on PS4 and Xbox One. Bayonetta and Vanquish in in, yeah. in single bundle that you can buy Woo. right now and experience why these games are so great. And with that and the recent news that Platinum Games funded a Kickstarter for the Wonderful 101 to come to to Switch. We thought it might be fun to take a look at some of our favorite Platinum games and obviously we had to come up with some weird hook for this. So, if you played Platinum games, you know that a lot of them have like a distinctive gameplay hook to them. Like they the, have weird hooks. We had to come up with yeah. a weird hook and that was their weird hook. There's always something strange and over the top about them and so we decided to take a look at five Platinum games with really compelling bizarre, unique gameplay hooks. And we will dive into those right after this. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. Maybe Anton Yelchin, and I would guess... Kobe, there's probably footage of this happening, but uh, Irwin and Left Eye, Lisa Left Eye Lopez, definitely have videos, like video footage of them, their deaths. Well, well, the one that the video footage caused the death, we we have to mention it, is Princess Die. Oh, I guess, yeah. Jesus Christ. 97, 36 years old. Mm -hmm. And that always blows my mind when I outlive people that seemed older to me. I mean, at this point, Chris, we both outlived Jesus, who died at 33, so you got that going for you. Died in a, an auto accident, but it was caused by paparazzi chasing yep. her. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I only remember my personal connection was that is I remember I got back from the beach with this girl I had liked for like a year, but didn't seem to like me as much. Finally seemed like she was giving, and I was so elated. I remember I walked in, and her mother's like, Princess Di is dead. I'm like, who? Oh, oh. Well, yeah. these things happen, and I'm like, la-di-da. I do a little Archie kick to my feet and whistle out the door. I'm so happy right now. <laughs> I didn't. I, it didn't affect me at all. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And we're back to talk about what? Uh, platinum Game Hooks. Yeah, platinum game, platinum, platinum hooks. game hooks, hooks, platinum hooks, game and hooks. platinum games. Yeah. Platinum hooks. That was uh, oh no, it was called platinum hits. There was a <laughs> show oh. about yeah, there was a show about uh, songwriters. Oh, I was gonna oh. say platinum hooks sounds yeah. like a SoundCloud rapper. 
Yes. <laughs> platinum hooks. And platinum yes. hooks. Yes. Yes. It's, it's not easy uh, to go platinum nowadays. That's true. Links in my bio. <laughs> platinum. P-Star. The studio that was formed when Clover Studio got shut down at Capcom. Rest in peace. Yeah, they, they turned out some amazing games. And I they blame continue. Antista to churn out some amazing games, all of them defined by a unique gameplay hook. Let's jump into... Number five! Unite Sword! Does anybody know what that's from? I'll take a guess. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a wonderful 101 thing. Uh, yes, it is. Well... Uh, it's a little confusing if you get into the game itself because they never call it the Wonderful 101 except in the title screen. Their faces are forever masked. Their tools are forever unknown. They are proud to go down in history as simply one in a hundred. They are the 100 most wonderful defenders of our world. The Wonderful One Double So, So what gave it away for me was when he said Unite. Uh-huh. Because yes. the whole premise of this game is mm-hmm. is the hook, I guess is is what you're yeah yeah it's it's uniting yeah. right. So Wonderful One Hundred One is a superhero game about a group of Earth's mightiest defenders. They're all just random people who work mostly in service jobs, but who can call on these special suits. They're the Sentinels, officially spelled C E N Tinnels, like. Uh, oh. Century, like 100. Ah, okay. So there's 100 of them. The the 101, 101st, is you, the player. Oh. Or a Dalmatian. At least first. So right. I, I don't right. know who's played this game. Anybody? It's just no. me? No. Just demos yeah. on like E3 show floors. So it feels a little Pikmin y, and that you yeah. are running around with a huge crowd around you, and you can. Attack, starting at the beginning, you have a couple of superheroes available to you. There's one that can basically form a giant fist, another that can form a giant sword. And you can direct your your followers to create different structures, including bigger fists and bigger swords. So it's, it's a little bit like Okami, in that you are uh, using the right stick to sort of draw different shapes, and those shapes will dictate, like, okay, you want to you want a big version of this weapon, this other weapon. Hmm. You want to make your followers go up the side of a building, and they can build a ladder. You can stretch them between buildings and create bridges. And it's oh. it's a, it's about yeah, it's about mob control. And uh, this is actually something that is explained in depth by the game's narrator. The Unite Mob. Secret weapon of the wonderful 100, which enables them to recreate real world objects by rearranging pseudo digital subatomic particles according to a bubble memory blueprint and linking their bodies electronically together, unleashing awesome powers. That, that last bit is the only bit that matters. They link together and they form structures. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit like um, World of Goo physics, right? It's, it's like that weird cohesion physics where they, they they all join together or or even it's like swarm physics you were talking about like it's a Pikmin. little, little yeah. bit swarmy yeah. yeah yeah you can not only create these weapon structures you can also just sort of loop your guys around so that they can uh capture civilians and every time you capture a civilian, they get a, their own mask and they become a temporary member of your team. So you, you just are building this big mob that 
can gradually create bigger and bigger things and go up against uh, bigger enemies. And uh, yeah, it's like it's like Katamari. There's kind of a Katamari mechanic there. Right. I'm collecting stuff throughout the world. A little it's bit. Me like right. a bigger th- collecting uh, we should, people. We should also say that like what the the cover art and the characters in this game they all look like friends of Beautiful Joe, and yeah. I, it, it yes. very much yes. like speaks to their the, the, the character origins. design is extremely beautiful. Joe, yeah, they're it, all like big heads and you know Japanese style superheroes, right. where it's like the powers come from your costumes not from anything else yes yeah that was so that was the thing that uh that i always recognized about this game was i was working at gamestop when when this game released and trying to sell this game Hmm. i remember saying to people you like beautiful joe yes well then buy this game yeah um, it, you know, so much so that I think I tricked myself into believing that <laughs> the same developers of Beautiful Joe made this game. I mean, they did. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's Clover. Yeah. Clover. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Clover. Yeah. It's the remains of Clover. Yeah. Clover. Right. Right. Yeah. So I was right. Look yeah. at that. And I mean, uh, it wasn't just uh, it, bullshitting. It's the same aesthetic, but it, it is a very different kind of gameplay style where yeah. like Beautiful Joe was about like, I, I wish Platinum had made that because you talk about unique gameplay hooks, like the the yes. whole conceit that you're in a movie, you can fast forward, you can slow time, whatever. That's pretty cool. But this reminded me a little bit of State of Emergency, and that it's just like, no, oh, it's, sure. you're, you're a big, riotous crowd, and you're just taking down all these alien invaders in front of you, whether they're in crowds or like, you know, big tanks or whatever. And uh, you can buy new structures to turn into. So, like, the first thing that I bought was like, Turn into a giant jello mold, and this will bounce off any projectiles or enemies that try to charge you. Yeah. And yeah. Congratulations, uh, dear listener, by the way. You were just reminded of State of Emergency, a game you haven't thought of for several years mm-hmm. until Michael brought <laughs> it up. At least, probably. Yeah. That's uh, his third favorite Rockstar franchise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, behind the Warriors. And, uh, Dude, I was playing the Warriors the other night. Love oh, that game. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. My favorite Rockstar property is Rockstar Presents Table Tennis. Do that game. Do not sleep on that game. That game is it so is good. Amazing. <laughs> that game is amazing. So like I'm I'm joking, but I'm not really no, joking. Like it, the only problem that I have with that game is, is I'm partially colorblind and you have to oh, judge the spins no. by the color of the mm. ball sometimes. Yes. And so it makes it really tough. Yes, yes. You and you have to you have to hit the ball. Uh, with the same button that is color coded yeah. to the color that is spinning, yeah. um, which is terrible on on many fronts because I have the uh, I have my controller has just white buttons. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> so you're trying to remember what button color is. So Chris, were you at Games Radar when they brought that around for us to see? No, so, I was uh, at a publisher. Oh, okay. So I, I still remember, like, everybody was talking about, like, Grand Theft Auto 4 is coming. Grand Theft Auto 4 is coming. <laughs> and Rockstar oh, is tennis. coming yes, to I our re- office. I reviewed it. Rockstar came to our office, and they're like, we, we're going to show you something really cool. Like, okay. And I'm like, Rockstar presents table tennis. And we're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, wait, is it April 1st? What's yeah, this is on? not <laughs> real. You're wasting our time. You're not. No, you're not coming out with this game. I don't believe it. And they did. Everyone it thought it, it was, was like a fake commercial for GTA, yes, like that yes. it would be in a GTA game. And it was in the GTA engine. It was like, this yeah. is yeah. our first demonstration of this engine, tech. Yeah. yeah, it was a tech demo. Yeah. That, that yeah. also was... Yeah, so they tried to sell you for full price mm-hmm. and then fucking bitch to high heaven when we gave it like a six or a seven. Like, it's a table tennis it's game, game, man. What did right. you expect? 
it's the best table tennis game that's ever been. Created. It is. The, it is the best table tennis sure. game. Uh, but wonderful one hundred and one. Yeah, wonderful one hundred and one. <laughs> um, not not the best table tennis. Well, game here's the thing: like game. review score wise, it did it did all right. But then sales wise, it did mm, not it did do not. so well. But that well, could have just been a Wii a U exclusive that is kind of difficult to understand at first. Yes, and and I've yeah. played the demo. Like I I will say that the experience of playing the full game is much better than playing the demo. The demo just was kind of confusing and like what is going on here. Yeah, and then the playing it, it's like okay, now I now I understand. But I guess the reason I bring that up is it, it was so surprising to me then because the game didn't do tons of sales that like mm. they they launched that Kickstarter just a few weeks ago for the revival for the HD version on the Switch and that thing like blew past its goals in minutes mm-hmm. and so well, I, I remember Grim used to say it was his favorite Wii U exclusive like uh, the, the days of the early Wii U games and I'm uh, more. Is it reliant on the touchpad at all? Not really. It like, had a lot of gyroscope elements, I remember. It, it had some, like, you, you would go into, like, a building, and then you'd have to, like, look around on the gyroscope with, with the pad, and, yeah. like, it wouldn't show you on your TV what you were in, you know, what your surroundings were. Yeah, because that worked out so well for Star Fox. Mm-hmm. But, but like, that, that was one thing, where it's like, okay, I go into a warehouse, and I have to look down at the screen and look around, and it's like, okay, the, here's the combination to a lock on the wall, and then outside the warehouse, I have to form like a big hand and turn these dials to enter the combination on the outside of the warehouse in order to open a door that lets me into the next area. So like there, there's there is a bunch of stuff where it's like, yeah, we're kind of trying to do this in interesting ways. But it, it kind of I don't know, maybe, maybe I missed an option to turn on the touchscreen controls because I, th- I feel like that would have made the drawing the different uh, weapons and different shapes that you're supposed to turn your people into a little easier. Was this a launch title in the States, or was it, it, it was, was close not. to launch, no, though, right? It was I pretty, don't think so. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, no. It was, it, was in the f- it was in the first year. Mm-hmm. Well, um, but, but for not, Wii U, yeah. if you're past, like, the first four months, it was kind of a losing proposition at that point. Right. Right. It was, it was wow, August 2013, right. so mm-hmm. it, was, it was like a year after that thing dropped. Oh boy! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but but definitely an interesting and unique gameplay hook. I'm not aware of any other game that combined the crowd control plus drawing shapes on screen in I, quite the same way. I was trying to think of the closest thing I could think of that's a game where you kind of like assemble bigger things out of smaller things and control them would be Knack. But who's played Knack and who talks right. about Knack? Well, I have, but right. yeah, I don't know that I want Michael's, to talk about it now. You sound like someone who has never rocked Knack too. <laughs> I mean, I hear it's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You played Knack one. You didn't go for two, huh? Uh, no. Learned my lesson anyway. Number four. What is this? I... Don't listen to them, Two B. They don't have any feelings. They're just imitating human speech. Let's take them out. But they're not, are they? What game is this? Near Automata. A game that surprisingly didn't come up on our Game of the Decade discussions but mm. maybe could if i had an honorable mention i think this would be this this would have been it um love this game so much and i love the hook mm. and i know what the hook is for this one it's the well we're going to talk about two hooks okay because okay. one of the hooks is kind of spoilery so oh, okay 
Um, one of what the one of the, the first hook that I want to talk about is that this is a game that had Devil May Cry slash Bayonetta esque combat, and where those games let you switch up gunplay with martial arts or swordplay, this one gives you a gun pod that you can just fire from continuously at all times. So it kind of switches up the dynamic of combat a little bit. And it's by gun pod. It's like a little hovering robot. that's near your shoulders and you can upgrade it. You can have different. I remember I, I went with, I think you get two eventually. And I, one Mm. was always like a missile that would do like big mm-hmm, bursts of mm-hmm. damage. And then one was like that steady, steady stream of yeah. like machine gun fire. And at certain points, it turns the game into a twin stick shooter. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yes. Well, there's other points in the game that definitely is like an overhead twin stick shooter. Yes. It actually when you go into like the old school elements. Or, and, or when it's side scrolling and it's, it feels like Contra or something where yeah. you're just spraying gunfire in every direction and your, your default sword attack feels kind of meh. Yeah, well, I'm, really I'm even talking right like now. the segments where you're hacking other androids' heads. It, they, it becomes well, like this weird old school. That's the other twist, yeah. and uh, this is it gets into mild spoiler territory. Th- this is a little bit looser. It's more of a structural twist than a gameplay twist. But Near Automata has an interesting approach to New Game Plus, and that approach is you are experiencing the same story from a different perspective. A completely different perspective who approaches combat in a completely different way. I feel it's in it. It's a little inaccurate to say New Game Plus mm-hmm. because but that's the way the game presents it. Well, sort of, but actually, so uh, the way I discovered one of the secrets of this game—it's not a huge spoiler because you can stumble upon it in the first five seconds, as I learned—is there's several different endings you can get mm-hmm. with this game. Where, um, so the first one I encountered, it's like the first level after they drop you in. You know where there's, there's the ship sequence? It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a shmup, and then it becomes okay. Now you're finally controlling a character. I walked the wrong direction that it wanted me to, right, and within yes. five seconds, I got an ending that's like, oh, she she wandered off, never yeah. to be heard from again. Did, did the same thing, <laughs> and and so that it was like, oh wait, and but that was like, oh, and that's ending F or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait, F, and then I also got an early ending because I ate a fish. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't eat the fish in yeah. this game. It's really bad for you. <laughs> they kill you. <laughs> it kills you. And uh, got also, don't remove. There's like uh, the the approach to upgrades is like you're rearranging chips on a motherboard, and yes. you can like remove your CPU, yes. and then you just die. <laughs> yeah, and so all of those are like quote unquote valid playthroughs though mm-hmm. of the game. If you're a completionist and you want to see every one, yeah, there's there's in the new game plus there are several ways to end the game early. But then what Michael's talking about, there is kind of, yeah, you're re-rolling and you play from a different character's yeah. point of view. You play as, spoiler alert, fast forward a, a couple minutes if you don't want to hear this. Uh, the first playthrough you play as 2B, the yeah. the sexy maid-looking cyborg with the swords. Second playthrough you play as 9S, her sidekick who's, who's almost always with her and uh, who's a little less effective in combat. But what he does instead is he hacks into the the minds of enemies and then it, it like becomes this weird asteroids kind of twin stick shooter thing. And the music, one of the cool things yeah. is the music changes. It becomes like a chip yes. thing. Yeah, yeah. And and then 
But but 9S can also scan the minds of the machines that you meet throughout the game. So, like, you play through the first game and it's just like, what are these strange, idiotic, bulb-headed monsters that you keep encountering? And uh, I don't really understand them. And then you play through again as 9S and you can see their thoughts and you can realize, like, oh, they do have feelings. They do have, like, an internal life. And uh, and you can you can discover more about that, and you can you can understand them better. Yeah. And uh, and then it all leads up to like this huge ending where you're playing as a third character, and yes. then uh, you bring it all together, and you get like the happy Hollywood ending, sort of, and sort of ish. <laughs> the big culmination ending mm-hmm. is actually I won't go into it. This is a huge spoiler, mm-hmm. but but it. It's an, actually another hook and another mechanic that other games have since copied. Mm. And that's kind of all I will say. But it involves the online, maybe, aspects of this game. Mm-hmm. And we'll leave it at that. But, um, yeah, dude, uh, this this game, it broke a lot of ground. But I, I love that at the end of the day, it's like this exploration of what it means to be alive. But also it's an exploration of what death means. It, it's, you can tell mm-hmm. it's uh, the creator. What's his name? I'm totally blanking on his name right now. Um Yoko Taro. Yoko Taro. He's like working shit out mm-hmm. in a video game right yeah. in front of us to play. <laughs> Which, I, I wish I'd gotten uh, a clip of H- Emil's song from this where like, every day's a sail, every sail's oh, a the win. The one like the, his like ice treat cream truck basically yeah, plays. Yeah. I, might, I might play that for the break song. Yeah, it's a but, great song. Yeah, yeah. It's a great song. And Emil, who was from, that's what the other thing is. I think some people might have shied away from this game saying, oh, it's a sequel to Nier. I never played Nier. If mm-hmm. you even heard of Nier, congratulations. Right. It's you can play this game and have no knowledge of Nier and just be fine, but there are little references. Like, Emil is a reference to Nier. He, yes. he, he's from that game. And, like, the the weird machines that you meet, like, out in the desert who are all wearing masks, that's a reference to something that happened in the first game. Right? Yeah. 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 And you are androids who are fighting on behalf of humans that you never see. And you're fighting these machines who you're told, like, oh, no, they don't have any emotions or thoughts. They're just parroting behavior. They're really just destructive. Just kill them all. Right. And and really, it's just like, you're just androids and machines. You're the same. You're the exact same. Like, Yeah. And then, and then the story starts to unfold itself, and you learn where the machines came from mm-hmm. and what they're a response to. And... Um, Man, yeah, there's there's so much cool shit that gets revealed not in the first playthrough. You mm-hmm. have to play through the game multiple times to really understand the full story. Because at first, when you play this game, I will say it feels uh, it's it's well made. Don't get me wrong, but visually and stuff like that, it feels almost like kind of incomplete. Like it's just like mm-hmm. oh, it's it's not. It, I don't know. It, it's hard to describe until you play it and you yeah. know what I mean. But it's like. And then when you play through and have one playthrough, you're like, oh, that was long, but not that long experience. Man, I wish there was more. And then you realize, no, no the full game actually is all of these alternate endings and playthroughs. You hmm. have to take them together. You know, if you – it'd be – this is a spoiler for a different game. It'd be like only playing Undertale once, and I'll just say that. Oh, like, right. Okay. Fair. Right. Um, but yeah, and then the machines discover religion and uh... – that begins one of the game's strangest and darkest chapters. We as well shall become as gods. Become as gods. All of you shall become as gods. Become as gods. All of you shall become as gods. Become as gods. All of you shall become as gods. We'll all die together and become as gods. <laughs> oh dear. Was that Pascal? That was Pascal. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the, this cult of 
Yeah, they discover yeah, round-headed cults, machines. Not, not yeah. religion. They're, and then they're, they, their prophet dies, and they're like, oh, we should die too. And so they all become suicidal they, and attack they, you. They bought a town in Oregon. Mm-hmm. They took it over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> there was Kool-Aid involved. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah it's uh, – that's – God, that's, that's like – I want to say that's not in the f- – is that in the first playthrough, or is that in one of the later playthroughs? It's so hard well, to I tell think which you're, one was in You're which playing as two B, so I think it's in the first okay. playthrough. But, but it's toward, that's that's it's kind mm-hmm. of toward the end of that, and yeah, yeah, there's some big reveals there. Yeah, man, but man, yeah, near Automata is is an experience, man, and totally. it's like I, I think the first near was kind of knocked for like, yeah, this isn't a great game, but it's a really interesting story, and this is also like platinum picking up that torch and it's like, okay, now it's a really great story and it's really compelling gameplay. Yeah, and right. yeah, well, it, and it's also one of those things that through this thing we're talking about, where you have to re-roll the game, you'll see something in an earlier playthrough and it won't fully explain itself, and you, but eventually you'll learn like, oh. Maybe in a future playthrough, I'll get more of the backstory of who that character is, and it, and it will make it'll eventually all make sense, right? Mm-hmm. But you're sort of piecing the story together over multiple playthroughs to fully understand what the game's yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and the future playthroughs. The other thing is they're a lot shorter than the initial one, and so it's yes, it's, that's it's true. Like, that makes it a lot easier to, yeah, to stomach. Yeah, because the first one's probably like twenty hour experience, and you're like, geez, that's kind of long. But and then it's it gets each one feels like it gets shorter and shorter, and you can mm-hmm. kind of. It's like Cliff's Notes versions of yeah. the, of the first one. <laughs> and the soundtrack. Fuck, and the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the sound, yeah, the sound really is great. Really, yeah. Yeah. And they just released that on um, Spotify, I want to say. Ooh. You can hear the full hmm. soundtrack. Yeah. Huh. Now you can all become yeah, as gods. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when you become as gods. Yeah. When you talk about religion, well, I thought you were so talking about the Cain and Abel characters. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The, you can't the stop Shino bringing up Lords. biblical characters. Hmm. We got to stop Michael from bringing up the Bible every episode. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh, you're making me want to go back and play it because I've played it for hours and never got one of these things. That's the thing. Yeah. See, so Chris, that's a great example of like if you've only played in the first campaign, you're not. Re- I hate to say it because it sounds gatekeepy, but you're not really playing near yet, and that's what mm. sucks. Is it takes twenty hours. I thought I got one, but then I, it turned out it had a really weird start playing this game while it's downloading feature. Oh, that just gets you pretty much uh, stuck. Yeah. God, remember that? That was supposed to be a big promise of this yeah. generation. I mean, just, just the fact that it's like, this is like open world Devil May Cry. Like, that that enough should be, like, play this, but... Made by the Devil May Cry people. We're here again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of games with crazy-ass sword action... Number three! I said my sword was a tool of justice! Not used in anger... Not used for vengeance. But now, now I'm not so sure. And besides, this isn't my sword. I feel like uh, after we, t- how much we talked about near Automata, that should have been higher. But uh, let's talk about some sword physics from a franchise that Platinum didn't originate. It's uh, it's not used for vengeance, Michael. The sword's used for revengeance. Thank you. In Metal Gear Rising, revengeance. We couldn't pick a name, so we gave it several: Metal Gear Rising and Revengeance. Yeah, this this is the game that uh, was originally kind of foundering, I think, at Konami, and then Platinum swooped in and and saved it and created this 
weirdly amazing experience that turned the lamest character in Metal Gear into the coolest character in yes, Metal Gear. That, that's the best trick this game pulls off is it made Raiden cool. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like they were trying. They made him the cyborg ninja dude in, uh, well, because this four. takes place after the events of 4. Yes, it does. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So this is this is chronologically the last Metal Gear game, right? Because Snake is technically old Snake at mm-hmm. this point, yeah, if not dead. Yeah, assuming he's not dead, he never appears in the story. Instead, we just get uh, Raiden and his mercenary PMC advisors who tell him things like this: <laughs> "Yes, use blade mode." To damage its armor. Blade mode being the mode in which you use a blade more than you do other times. Well, it slows time. You get to slice in different directions uh, by creating lines with the right stick. And uh, you can just chop off chunks of armor that way. Like when fighting a friggin' Metal Gear Ray in the game's first act and finally slicing it in half. Metal Gear Rising, if you haven't played it, has that unique mechanic where you can just kind of slow time and, like, you're facing an enemy and uh, you just line up a couple of targets, vital areas on his body, and then you just let loose and slice him in half and yank out his spine. Why not? You crush it in your hand. Take the energy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I mean, this is one of the most anime games ever because oh, that is a total extremely anime. That's an anime trope of the the samurai facing each other down, running mm-hmm. at each other, and then the single slice and slicing slicing through a guy. Mm-hmm. I, I always forget the name of the movie, but there was a movie my friends and I were so hyped about in the early two thousands that finally did make its way here. It was a live action movie that basically the promise was this is anime come to life, and like the trailer featured a guy with his sword chopping through a giant mech because that is like a total anime trope like that mm. that's yeah if you have a katana sword you can cut through anything man oh yeah including giant mechs mm-hmm. and that um that that mechanic kind of came more out of like namco's afro samurai game yes for those who ever right. played that but it right. it felt like rising kind of took that and refined it to it it felt more like a mini game unto itself mm. Wasn't this the game that at E3 they like used the game engine to cut up a watermelon? Yes. Yeah, um, so, and you can do that in the game where, like, I think in the training course, like, Raiden just runs around and you can slice up watermelons. So it has a fruit ninja mode? Yeah, yeah. Sort of. It does. But yeah, it's just like, here's it, a giant it, watermelon. It's the prequel to Fruit Ninja. Yeah, you can slice it in half. You can you can slice it a bunch of different ways, and it just falls into pieces. You slice a hole out of it and pour a bottle of vodka inside. Mm-hmm. Put it in the right. freezer. <laughs> if only. Right. Yes. And then you invite a bunch of co-eds. <laughs> <laughs> but Raiden would be nervous. Yeah. Co-eds! <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, yeah, Metal Gear Rising was also, like, the game that kind of, like, said, okay, we're going to... We're going to retain the codec conversations that define Metal Gear, but we're not going to make players sit through them. Mm-hmm. Instead, we're going to it's going to be audio logs that you can collect and you can just view later. Yes. And so like there's so many just back and forths with Raiden and his PMC handlers. And I feel like the topic of elder care comes up an embarrassing number of times in this game. 
because it's just like, oh, all these cybernetically enhanced individuals think what they could do in the field of elder care. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you want to do when you're yeah. a cool battle cyborg. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think... It's Robot and Frank. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah. You, you could great slice the pens in half all day long, man. <laughs> and I, I think it also, like, there was something where, you know, uh, Metal Gear games are supposed to have a, a pacifist approach. And technically this does, I think, as long as you aren't, because all your enemies are cyborgs, as long as you aren't destroying their brains, you technically have not killed them. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We just talked about Nier Automata, where robots mm-hmm. are people too, Michael. Yeah, but those are robots. These are cyborgs with human brains and robot bodies. Like, that that's the thing. That totally is like, different. Metal Gear's uh, mercenaries are now all cyborgs. You guys here to hear Michael's prejudice against cyborgs <laughs> when, our, uh, when they take over in the future. I, for one, welcome our robots. Robot or cyborg masters. Oh, you need to learn the difference. Cyborgs are essentially human. Robots are a completely new creatures. You tell it to the Terminator, all right, I buddy? will tell it to the Terminator. Who is a his, cyborg. His skin is organic. That doesn't count. It's a cyborg. He's a cybernetic life form. It's different. <laughs> we can do this all day. <laughs> Uh, well, also, um, I, I guess it's not so much a spoiler to say this because I have seen this guy all over Twitter, but um, the the final boss of this game has some interesting attitudes politically. From the ashes, a new America will be born! Evolved, but unchanged! The weak will be purged, and the strongest will thrive, free to live as they see fit. They'll make America great again! Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) I was going to make that joke. Yeah, boy. This was in 2013. Wait, did Donald Trump play this game? This game, right? (laughs) I bet he shouted it beneath a helicopter, too. (laughs) Wow, we all had the same joke, like, cocked and loaded, man. They can beat you to it, man. (laughs) Can you imagine riding with this stupid fucking hat on? (laughs) <laughs> Dude, okay, quick segue, not to get Senator too political. Armstrong? Not to get too political, but I love that Trump tweeted out the scene from Curb Your Enthusiasm where he's using that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> see, see how powerful this is as a statement. See how powerful it is. I'm not going to call any attention to Larry David calling all bikers racist, which is wonderful. <laughs> oh, Larry David's response was the best, mm. though. I don't think I've seen that. Oh, he was—he was being interviewed. And oh, the like, I could give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, what do you, you care about yeah. alienating your views? <laughs> I could give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, this um, this does feature the best endgame boss fight against a roided-out U.S. senator who proceeds to kick the ass of a, of Battle Cyborg. Are there any other kinds? They're no. all on roids, man. Yeah. yeah. Or what? Yeah, the Senate has a huge roid problem. <laughs> yeah. Hemorrhoids, am I right? Hello! Hello! Don't reward that terrible joke. I mean, Nancy Pelosi, man, she's vicious. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> she's on roids. That'd be amazing. That's how she, hey, uh, that's how she was able to tear up that speech. Yeah. It was actually a phone book. You didn't see that part. <laughs> oh my god, did you guys ever have... Really, segue... 
you guys ever have like a strongman team come to your school and perform when when you were growing up? No, nope. so, none of us went to school in the twenties. So I <laughs> I went to a Christian junior high, and there was so you had the, the power team. Yeah, the power team no, came the, to my the school. power team came to your school and ripped the phone book in half. Yes, that was their thing. Yes, and they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it at the uh, by the uh, the the middle part with by the binder. No, binding no, no, thing. no, no. They, they ripped it in half in the in, middle. In half in the middle. So actually, one of the power team members became my youth pastor for a short time in what? junior high. Yeah, they also blew up the 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 hot water bag you know like one of those things that you would like put water in god like it's like the rubber thing that you put like when donald duck is yes yes so they blew one of those up like a balloon Mm -hmm. like you know and then what i learned is it wasn't the power of jesus powering them it was the power of steroids is what i'm yes 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 but Jesus working well, through Jesus, the steroids. Yeah, of yes, course. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> they were they were magical those steroids. Were, those yes. were those were blessed by a by a priest. Uh-huh. The yeah. Pope uh, himself the blessed these steroids. Because yes. I learned, yeah. yeah, God doesn't give people bodies like that. <laughs> <laughs> but God gives people steroids to get right. bodies That's like that. That, there you go. And, and what was the educational value in this? I'm glad my tax dollars didn't pay for <laughs> it's this. It's the power of Christ compels us, Chris. Pa- yeah. I see. I see. To break yes. chains and pull trucks. So the only reason I know about the power team is because my best friend was, um, they were they were a very religious family. I would say, you know, some some people would say that they were sexually promiscuous for Jesus. Oh, my. Uh, so. You can do that? <laughs> right. Like a Jesus key you... party? <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Things have changed since I was going to all those Carmen concerts. <laughs> well, I gotta find and, me a Bible uh, study. Right, yeah, man. <laughs> um, so, uh, how do you think they keep them? So, the... the <laughs> times are hard. Um, so, and so am I. hey uh, so uh yeah my my buddy brought me to his church and I got to see the power team um pray over some phone books <laughs> it's ridiculous yeah and, but but uh, did you get to see them fight right See what I did there, Mike? No, so that's hosting no. a show. I'm bringing it back, baby. Oh, I see. I'm bringing Dave, it back. Bringing it back to video. Ripping old I took us there. Half. I took, I took us to that dark place. <laughs> The power team. I'm never going to get over this. <laughs> they were on TV all the and time. And you're telling me the they, they, they didn't review Genesis games? <laughs> they probably did. They, they did. Yeah, you mean, you the mean book, they weren't the book a Burger of Happy Meal game. team? <laughs> don't, don't confuse them with, I, I think Robert Zadar hosted a, uh, a video game review show in the 90s. Don't confuse them with him. He just has a really big face. <laughs> the guy from Maniac Cop. Look it up. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> all right. Uh, what? That knowledge has been taking up so much space in your brain. Like, what else could be there? Um, you saw the power team, maybe more than once. <laughs> <laughs> that was That's part true. of your education. How can you judge anyone? The power team. From them? <laughs> well, the, the guy was my youth pastor. My okay. friends and I. Yeah. Look. Did he, did he ask you to hide his steroids? <laughs> <laughs> Look, kid. Don't ask any questions, but uh, see this balloon? Uh-huh. <laughs> Hey, Pastor Goliath, if I imagine a bra, is it a sin? It's not Goliath. By the way, it was Samson who clearly they were trying to be like. 
<laughs> Just don't cut right. their hair. Forget Matt, that he was bald. Jesus wants you to take this roll of bills down to Mexico. <laughs> I've got a contact named Javier. You want to talk to him? Just bring back the bag he gives you. Don't look inside. Yeah. Hide it. Hide it on the bus. Do whatever you have to do. Yeah. Praise God. Save all your receipts. Put them in a manila folder and then rip them in. <laughs> <laughs> That's why do you think they were ripping those phone books in half? They had to stash something right, in. Right. Stash them in something. Okay, let's wrap up this list. <laughs> Jesus, we're only Power on. Team. This is gold, baby. This is gold. We are only on. Number two. Your suit is performing at nominal levels, Sam. Never had a girl say that to me before. Lots of grumbling. What game is this? Is this Vanquish? This is Vanquish! Yeah, you can tell because that dude smokes a lot of cigarettes. Oh, he does all the time. <laughs> Sam Gideon. What a fucking name. What a name. <laughs> so good. Sam Gideon. It's and almost as good as, what's the name of the dude from Days Gone? He's, he's got one of those names, too. Deacon St. John. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell. So good, man. Uh, <laughs> the power team. The power team was that Captain N ripoff with, like, Bigfoot and the arch rival and Quark. <laughs> That I was think the that power was, team. Was that thinking. power team or is that video power? Uh, it, it was called Acclaim Masters sure. uh, elsewhere. but doesn't matter. It was both. <laughs> anyway. And yet it does. But the mechanic I want to talk about specifically in Vanquish is this. Ambush! Spread out! So Sam Gideon has a cool experimental DARPA suit that allows him to do like a rock star knee slide straight into danger. That's his default sprint. He does the Springsteen. And and he can do a dodge while he's doing that and he can slow time to shoot enemies. So like that shot that I just grabbed is like him sliding forward, seeing enemies sliding backwards, slowing time, shooting them over like just bending over backwards and shooting them and then you have to wait for the stupid reactor to recharge he basically has the same power as the kids at not scary farm when they would put the knee pads on and shoot up mm-hmm. sparks on the concrete you know yeah. trying to scare people but I, I think to a larger point this is more about vanquish's overall approach which if you are playing vanquish like gears of war as i'm yeah. sure a lot of critics did you are playing it wrong. Yeah, if, you, if you're behind cover in this cover shooter, it's not a cover shooter. No, no, it's not a cover shooter. It's a move as quickly as possible to outflank and get up close to your enemies yeah. and unload at point blank range yeah. and just keep doing that. Yeah, I mean, I, when we were formulating these lists, I was the, one of the first kind of mechanics I, I latched onto. Is I'm, like, I'm like, well, a lot of platinum games have unique dodge mechanics, mm-hmm. and the knee slide was sort of the dodge mechanic in Vanquish. I mean, it also has a dodge mechanic. That's true, but but yeah, the knee slide is like it's both dash and uh, and dodge at the same time, and, and, and time slow, and, and it looks really cool. But yeah, that that creates sort of like this balls out no defense strategy that makes the game really fun, gives it a really fast forward momentum and at one point sam meets an enemy that uses a similar approach and this is his own strategy for some reason rather go all out than bother with defense time to hit hard and make him regret it oh sam that's all you do i love sam and I, I i was assuming the hook one of my favorite things about it but it was sort of something you described in um near automata mm. is that you don't have a gun you have a thing that can turn into multiple transform. Guns. Into different guns and use one source of energy for all of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And I loved that shit about it. Just the switch to your shotgun, have it morph in your hand. Yeah. yeah. Actually, that, that reminds me a little bit of Control. Control mm. with that morphing gun that yeah. kind of becomes different stuff. On yeah. the fly. Although each, it be- each gun does use its own ammo. So, like, uh, you have to, like, you run out of, like, heavy machine gun ammo and you have to pick up another heavy machine gun just so your, your, your gun can copy it and, like, okay, now I'm copying all the ammo, too. And then you, th- wait, do you throw the other machine gun away? <laughs> yeah, it, it disappears. <laughs> Wouldn't it have been quicker to shoot the other machine gun? You, you would think. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't. Don't don't question it. Doesn't, <laughs> you don't have to question it. You're on a space. You're on a space colony filled with communist robots. Just fucking kill them, man. Don't question it. There's jellyfish. You need to shoot them. Yes. Right. Yeah. Jellyfish. Yeah. 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 I agree. Little jellyfish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know who else loved this game. Was I it liked just me? It. I, liked, I liked it a lot. It's it's also one of those games that, uh, like a like an Okami. I feel like I've maybe purchased or, mm-hmm. or gotten it free a few times on different platforms. Like it's and now you know with this this week's release, it's on yet another platform. So. It, was, it was a weird bummer just because I thought like Sega and Platinum were such like a good fit that. But these all did terrible. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, all their games yeah. together did did awful, yeah. and uh, I'm, I'm glad they're seeing uh, the light of day again. Yeah. Well, shout out to Andy Salisbury who gave this game a 2.5 out of five when it came out. Wow. And was on Twitter yesterday saying this is one of the biggest regrets of my professional career. <laughs> oh no! Wow. Wow. I love Andy. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, like it, this was a lot of fun. I I immediately loved it because it it conforms perfectly to my default gameplay style, which is just run straight up to enemies and beat the shit out of them. <laughs> yeah, to just Leroy Jenkins and that exactly exactly yeah, to reward you for that. Too. Yes, it's it's also yeah. very much for kids like us who grew up in the eighties and nineties. It lets you play out the ultra macho superhero archetype you know with mm-hmm. with the yes. with sam and the cigarettes and all that yeah. shit like and the, it's the gravel voice and right, right. It's duke nukem man yeah yeah it's a little bit duke nukem yeah but actually yeah but 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 with better he does cooler design. shit he does cooler <laughs> shit than duke yeah duke just shoots yeah. stuff this guy slides on his mm-hmm. knees then shoots stuff. but duke can kick <laughs> toilets apart in duke nukem 3d and that makes that game worthwhile Always oh, that one, didn't it? That, that's what does it for me. <laughs> and then you can drink from the fountain of water left by the exploded toilet. And you say, you could look at yourself in the bathroom mirrors. You could. A lot you of could. bathroom yeah. time in that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what did Duke Nukem Forever do? It just let you write on things with a turd. Great game design, guys. Yeah. It's like, it it's like I can make my own markers at any time. But anyway, Sam Gideon has a very gravelly voice, and his uh, his rival slash the grizzled veteran that he is paired with through a lot of the game also has a grizzled voice, and sometimes it can become a little difficult to tell them apart. <clears throat> can we adapt that teleportation system to get around the colony? We're still working on that at DARPA. And you haven't tried it on humans yet? No. But when we did try it out, we had a rat who literally had its head shoved up its ass. <sighs> Figures that's the best you could do. Hey, it'll be at least three more years before we can get a human in that state. Are you copying me? One of no. those guys is Steve Blue, and I can't tell which. <laughs> I, I, it just sounded like there was a, a schizophrenic having a conversation <laughs> with himself. So, yeah. <laughs> 
Jesus is coming <laughs> back, me, I promise you. <laughs> that to me is where all the Gears inspiration really went in the dialogue. Yeah. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Also, Hillary Clinton's president, and the first scene is just a close-up of San Francisco getting destroyed by a microwave cannon. Game, game so, yeah, you InfoWars well, fans out there, you can watch a Hillary, Hillary get destroyed president. in San Francisco, get obliterated mm-hmm. in the opening of the game. I, Good for I you. was talking to a game developer today who uh, was involved with a game that blew up the Golden Gate Bridge, and I'm like, why do you guys love doing that so much? And he's like, I don't know. Everyone hates San Francisco. We live here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still bitter about it, and I I loved it for several years. All right. Well, what could that possibly leave to talk about? I wonder. Hmm. All you can remember is that you're a witch. But now you're stuck because you got to sacrifice our halo-wearing friends every day or they'll drag your ass back down to hell. I know, I thought I got screwed, but being forced to slap around the divine for a living? That's really getting screwed. If I needed a biographer, you wouldn't be my first choice. Uh, oh, what that's a day. Star Fox Zero? Yeah, Star Fox Zero. <laughs> I have to talk legally distinctly from Joe Pesci, although I sort of will remind you of Joe Pesci as I say these things mm-hmm. to you. I just, had, I just had a revelation about this game. Um, Bayonetta is... Witch exploitation. It is a witch exploitation <laughs> game. Okay. It's it's over Please the top. Elaborate. It's over the top. It's stylish. Like listen to the music there in the background. Mm-hmm. It's 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 all about style over substance, but yet it's still wonderfully good and fun. Yes. I, I still think there's decent substance in the game. It's 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 a it's a it's an easier Devil May Cry game, but with a shitload of combos, things to do, and a lot more varied levels. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that it's necessarily. I guess it's a bit easier if you're comparing it to like the no, DMC. Totally three. easier. No, three. Oh, um, but but like I I want to draw specific attention since we're talking about gameplay hooks to two specific things that it adds to the combat, oh. namely which time, where if you execute a perfect dodge, it slows time, and that if you hold down the button at the end of the combo at the end of a combo, you will just unleash a non-stop torrent of bullets even if like kick hold down the kick button bunch of bullets from the the gun strapped to your foot like that like all of this stuff like i i was rediscovering it on ps4 mm-hmm. having you know replaying the uh uh, 10th anniversary versions of Bayonetta and Vanquish and all the stuff that I forgot about. Like, you know, first off, that perfect dodge is, is really satisfying to pull off. Yeah. And then just like being able to extend these combos nonstop and realizing like guns in this game are kind of like manuals in Tony Hawk 2 and and onward because it's it's just about extending your combo. Yeah, well, that's that's always been the Devil May Cry's thing. Is like the guns yeah. were just there to chain other things together to make sure your combo you don't lose your combo. That's still mm-hmm. a great way to put yeah. it. I'm very happy manual. Right I love that. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I should I should also say Witch Time is a new show coming from the Laser Time Network featuring only Sarah and Diana. Thank you. <laughs> I said it. Yeah. Um. And and yeah, like obviously Bayonetta could do a bunch of other cool things. She could combine her hair with demons that she summoned from the other side to severely uh, destroy bosses. But she could also, like if you built up a, a certain meter, she could punish enemies. Oh, 
sort of these like vaguely S and M y torture bits. I was gonna say you didn't say that as, as sexy as I think yeah. they intended the punish to sound. Yeah. yeah. Where like uh, you you can kick an angel into an Iron Maiden or onto like a bondage horse or something, and you just like hammer a button to to kick them or whip them, and then it's an execution. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a cool approach to this kind of extreme action. I think the the genre was called. So so many games have done the dodge slowing time thing, mm-hmm. this, which this couldn't be the first time that that like, happened. Right? I I. I spent some time trying to figure that out and like nobody seems to have documented what the first game to do that is this might be the earliest example i'm sure someone will point out like no you're wrong it was actually this i mean i was just playing assassin's creed odyssey which has that mechanic if you dodge the last the perfect dodge Mm -hmm. it it slows things down yeah yeah man but if if it was this might be might have been shortchanged as like one of the most important games of the decade by us yeah, yeah, because that is that's a mechanic that's in so many action mm-hmm, games now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bayonetta, Bayonetta two. Chris, I know you're a huge fan of these games. I, I think they're like the perfect games for me. I fucking love. They just it's it's a, I have a giant smile on my face the entire time, and I know they're not they're not as deep as uh, other games like mm-hmm. it, but I feel like they're more accessible and they're and they're funnier. Mm. I think their depth comes from trying to perfect the combat and trying to get S rank with all this stuff. It does. I, I even think a nifty thing is that there aren't many uh, there aren't many games that let you practice combos while levels load and I think that's probably one of the things that'll go away with the new versions is mm. the, the more they lessen the load times. Right. But you'd even see an on-screen layout of the shit you were doing if you were doing it correctly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will say like re- replaying it on PS4 again like that. Remember the loading screens where you could practice your combos? Those now last like three seconds. Oh, yeah. So it's a little good. weird. Like you Imagine. get off a couple of kicks and like, oh, now I'm back in the game. Enjoy it this generation while you can because <laughs> Solid State's going to ruin Bayonetta. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for for me, um, less Devil May Cry, more Dynasty Warriors. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Um, you know, because uh, it's just like uh, Devil May Cry, I felt like I was more concerned with like getting the button presses right for the combos as opposed to uh, Bayonetta. I just felt like I button mashed oh, my yeah. way through Absolutely. it. Just kind of like Dynasty Warriors, you know? Well, like it's button mashy, but then also you like replaying it, realizing like, okay, you have to kind of get your dodge timing down. And, yes. and once you yes. do that, like. Yeah, you can just mash buttons to your heart's content because you've got yeah. witch time. Witch and I did I did see like a forum with people talking about like, oh, I, I want to wear this item that turns off witch time because that completely ruins the experience for me because I just want everything to be the same all the time. <laughs> yeah, I would hate to play a game as the developers intended. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Why am I being rewarded for skilled gameplay? I should be punished at all times. I need to be punished. <laughs> Punish me, Bayonetta. <laughs> I remember, yeah, going out of my way to like learn all the combos and like, oh, there's no reason to do this. At no. all. You can cheese dick this game the entire time. And, and then part of it just wants you to move as fast as you want to anyway, mm-hmm. which is why you'll be transforming into a panther eventually. Well, like both it and Vanquish, I think, give uh, like time bonuses for, for completing mm-hmm. areas. So, yeah, yeah, like, you, you know, speed is emphasized here. So once you find out like the three most efficient combos, that is kind of all you'll be using throughout the rest of the game, and it right. does. I can see that getting old for a lot of people, mm-hmm. but I thought the levels and the bosses were varied enough and just fucking batshit enough to be silly as hell. I don't know. I I really like this game. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, in, you know, with a lot of action games, like, I cheese my way through so many Ninja Gaiden games. It's like I found the combo that worked for me that I didn't get hit trying to perform, and I just spam that over and over again. That's kind of what happens. Mm-hmm. That's how you get through these Whatever games. Whatever works, man. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, you should see me play Yakuza games. Yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's why I didn't dislike uh, Castlevania Lords of Shadow 2, because it's like, oh, I'm spamming the same combos. Who cares? Yeah. But fun stuff's right. happening around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're shooting bullets out of your fucking high heels, dude. Yeah, that's that. That is not something people talk about enough. That Where do the has, bullets come from? She has four pistols that constantly fire an endless supply of bullets. Yeah, two of them are on her ankles. How's she pulling the triggers? Does it matter? How did I, lo- I love how cheap handgun ammo has become in yeah. all games? Yeah, <laughs> like, basically, it's something you don't need to replenish. <laughs> and I also want to I want to give shout out to. Uh, not for the reasons you think, mm-hmm. but like uh, I did love, I did love when Sega was uh, like debuting this game. They had a, a fucking awesome Bayonetta model, and they found this beautiful like seven foot tall woman <laughs> with giant hair <laughs> wow. who screamed at me one time. Again, not for the reasons you may mm-hmm. think, uh, but I was just I was trying to get to my appointment, and I walked behind her, and she's like, "Never walk behind me!" I'm like, "Oh yeah, you're wearing." 16 inch heel yeah. in the middle of a show floor <laughs> if you fall you're going down in a heap <laughs> yeah but I I thought that was so cool and then like I don't know whenever I see Bayonetta cosplay I'm like that's fucking rad I don't boners aside it has nothing to do with that it's just like I don't know like a a cool leading lady to dress as in a time where that really wasn't happening yeah. 10 years ago. As yeah. long as we're on the topic of her guns, can we talk about how weird it is that they're a Simon and Garfunkel reference? <laughs> they're called Scarborough Fair because the individual guns are named Parsley, Sage, Rosemary, and Thyme. <laughs> that's that's fucking brilliant. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it is. And, like, and that's that's part of the game's charm, too. Again, like, we, like if you heard our best games of the year, like there weren't a lot of games making jokes about other games just because no one could be sure and everybody had played the same thing but there was all these quips that not only called out other games i like that she referenced previous clover work yeah, like, in like yeah. other games that that platinum had worked on out, outside of their own for studio. example because they may cry oh my goodness Man. but yeah this this game rules and there's i see no reason to not buy it on every platform i play it all the way through about once a year it makes me very very happy yeah and, and the Sega stuff is is even. I love that there's one like published by Nin- Sega and one also published by Nintendo, mm-hmm. as they contain reference to both both of those wonder se- wonderful series of characters. Yeah. Well, wasn't Bayonetta two a Nintendo exclusive? It was. It was. Uh, first, yeah. it still is. Well, first a Wii U exclusive. It only exists on Wii U mm-hmm. and Switch. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Good luck finding yeah. it else. And then three will be a, a Switch exclusive as well. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. I think one's one's the only. Uh, Platform agnostic mm-hmm. kind of thing yeah. they got going That's on. That's why it can appear on wow. PS4 and Xbox. I mean, there's like literal Star Fox levels in the second one, so I don't. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you could take them out. Trading in the afterburner levels of the first one. Yes. Right. And the space hurrier references. Which is even weirder if you consider like the only way to play afterburner on NES was illegal through a mm. Tengen cartridge. Oh, uh, yeah. No, not mm. illegal. You know, just. Yeah, well, great gray market. Yeah, no, not, not even gray market, just Nintendo a violation sanctions. of Nintendo's, yeah, like, if you sold them, Nintendo would come down on you, but it wasn't because yeah. of, like, a legal standing. It, it really would have disappointed my uncle, mm-hmm. who works for Nintendo. Who works for Nintendo, got you Mario <laughs> 6 early. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
got you got you the second Mario Brothers movie, which right. is only available at select places in basements in Japan, and still stars Bob Hoskins, but he's noticeably more depressed, <laughs> confused about where he is. That's what happens when you're up to seven Mario movies in Japan. What was the the movie with Bob Hoskins and Jet Li? We were like Hoskins. Uh, the one? Dog. Dog. Uh, Unleashed. Dog. That's actually the Mario 2 in, Jap- oh. in it's, Japan. It, it yeah. was called Dog, but it's called Unleashed. That's right. That's mm. right. Unleashed, yeah. that That's Mario 2, <laughs> where Jet Li is actually Luigi. I'm just thinking about the Jet Li video game, Rise to Honor. There are people yes. that I currently work with that worked on that game, and oh I have God. so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you set a whole level in the Metri? <laughs> <laughs> That's a San Francisco joke. That is, yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that has been our top five. Uh, thank you for indulging us as we went down this trip through memory lane. But we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about... Well, first, first we're going to talk about Maneater, a little shark Ooh, PG that I played recently. Yeah, she, she is going to chew you up. And also news, new releases, some other stuff. So stay tuned. Get scratching. Uh, so, guys, guess what I got to play recently? Oh, what? A shark game where you play yeah. as a shark called Maneater. Baby shark. Oh, uh, Maneater. Oh, yeah, okay. think, thanks to a friend of the show, Tyler Nagato, who brought me to a, an event hosted by Tripwire Interactive, the company behind the Killing Floor series and a bunch of other stuff. They're going to be publishing both Chivalry 2 and Maneater. And Maneater is a game that I've been very excited for since yes. it was unveiled at, at 2018 E3, and I had a chance to finally play it. Being being the expert in all shark games, mm-hmm. yes, and I'm guessing that means we can compare it to Jaws Unleashed, yes, and Endless Ocean. I Echo the Dolphin. What are other games where you play as sharks? Well, I, we may have done a top five about it at some point. Maybe not. There are other ones, none of them quite up to par with Jaws Unleashed. I would say this is probably the first one that I've played that is. Wow. Um, the the guy who came up with the idea is also the creator of Depth. So this is kind of like a single player Depth, uh, where you play as a bull shark who starts out as a baby, and uh, you're kind of just kind of going through these waterways, preying on little fish, and you will eventually grow to where you can take on alligators and then you can bite swimmers and you can take down boats and you can become a crazy ass mutant shark that has like bone armor or bioelectric capabilities and you can terrorize the Gulf Coast all while Chris Parnell narrates the action. But can you swim backwards and snatch Samuel L. Jackson off the side of the ledge? <sighs> I have not. I was not able to swim backwards. Now that you mentioned that, although you can do pretty quick turnarounds. So, okay. Yeah. And I, I guarantee there's at least two deep blue sea references in this game. There must be. Possibly. Possibly. But I mean, it is all from the shark's perspective. 
It's mostly underwater. Um, and yeah, like it's, it's a big open world that they designed, uh, you know, obviously it's, it's kind of challenging to design, uh, an open world that you can explore aerially basically, but, but with water and then there's, there's an overworld and an underworld. Aerially. And... I'll see what you did there. Huh? Ariel. Little Mermaid. Oh, it's a movie you might have heard oh, of. No, no. I don't know what I you're talking about. Never heard of it. Chris um, is with me. But anyway, uh, but you can you can evolve traits like you can hold your breath for longer while you're above water. So they they had you're a bit like the where guy brush threepwood of sharks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they had a, they showed a bit where like you can just flop around on a golf course eating golfers and going from water hazard to water hazard to keep breathing. That's like, what I was going to ask you. Like, so they have they designed mechanisms like say night boat to survive on land? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> And Eight. and I, I do appreciate that, like, yeah, the the shark does something that no shark would actually do, and when it gets on land, it just sort of like inchworms its way across the sand, and <laughs> it looks really silly, but it's cool. And I got a chance, yeah, not only to play it and uh, rip the legs off some alligators, which felt pretty good, but also to interview the founder of Tripwire Interactive, John Gibson, and I, I will play a segment of that for you. And if you want to hear the full interview, we will release it as a standalone special right after this episode. So uh, look for that in our RSS feed or your podcast feed wherever you download Video Game Apocalypse. Let's make with the sharkin'. Yeah, let's let's shark it up. This is Michael here at the Tripwire Interactive event in San Francisco, where we've just seen Maneater, and I'm sitting here with John Gibson, CEO of Tripwire. Thanks so much for making time to talk to us, John. It's my pleasure. I'm a huge fan of shark games. Uh, okay. This is something that is well known to our listeners. It goes back to Jaws Unleashed, but you guys are coming out with Maneater in May. Like, this is right around the corner. What can you tell us about the game? Well, Maneater is, as you have mentioned, it's a game that you play as a shark. It's an open-world action RPG, or as we call it, a shark PG. There's depth of exploration. There's depth and diversity of experience. There's depth of combat. So there's just a lot of interesting facets to the game. And there's a full single-player story-based experience that's open-world and, and involves exploration, and, but also just some visceral combat. How did you come to this project in particular? So it's, it's pretty interesting. Those familiar with the Tripwire story will know this name, Alex Quick. Alex was the original developer of the Killing Floor mod back in the mid to late 2000s. He went off and started doing his own thing. He created a game called Depth, which was Sharks versus Humans multiplayer. And that game did really well, and he decided he wanted to work on a single-player shark game. You know, it was really dealing with some of the fears that he had as a child of encountering sharks in places like the local lake. And we thought, you know, this is... You know, this shark thing, it sounds like it's cool, but maybe it's going to be a gimmick here. It's going to be a little crazy. And we played his prototype build and said, wow, this is actually really fun. So we said, yeah, we'll publish your game. E3 2018, we announced the game at E3. We showed a gameplay trailer. We showed a trailer. And fans and press and everyone went insane. I mean, we had never seen this kind of reaction for a game before. But we also quickly learned that... The expectations of the game were so high that it was going to be really challenging for a five- or six-person team to create that game. Mm -hmm. So for the second time in history, we approached Alex and said, do you want to sell us your IP and we'll give you some great royalties and we'll work on this game together to help it meet its full potential? And instead of five people, we'll throw 50 people on the game 
and we'll turn this into just a really full-scale experience. And he said yes. And now you're here playing Maneater. Yeah, and it's it's awesome. And I have to I have to imagine that creating an underwater open world game like this is kind of a challenge because otherwise more people would be doing it. Yes, this is honestly probably the most challenging thing we've ever done. And we spent a long time experimenting to try to figure out how do you make fun shark gameplay. That was also part of what was exciting about it was because we could innovate and. At first, we you know we tried things. We said, okay, well, the shark can bite, and he just swims up to things. And shark and, and combat and wildlife combat was just two fish running up to each other and just biting each other. It wasn't super exciting. You know, we, we thought a little bit about nature. We thought a little about the world at large, and we thought we wanted to try something that was a mix between sword fighting and aerial combat. Because you think about it, airplanes move in three axes, and sword fighting has lunging and parrying and dodging and moving. And we sort of combined those things into really what, what you see in the uh, wildlife combat today. And once we did that and we tried it, we said, this is really fun. And then we just built on that. And we took some elements, you know, thinking back into the past. Then how can we make it more diverse? How can we make each fight special? Going way into our video gaming past, we looked at games like Punch-Out for the original Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And how you had... Each boxer had its tell, and each boxer had a timing that you had to sort of master. And then also some modern games such as Dark Souls, uh, which has led to a lot of jokes around the office of Shark Souls. <laughs> <laughs> but bringing those tactical elements of punch and counterpunch, dodge and watch for the tells into the wildlife combat, and having each type of wildlife and each boss have its own sort of cadence. And then the second part of that was figuring out how to tell a story with a shark. So we came up with the idea of the reality show. The narrator is really able to tell the story from the shark's perspective. How did you get Chris Parnell on this project? What was that like? So that was that was very exciting. You know, we reached out, we were reaching out to people that we thought could really nail the kind of that old school Leslie Nielsen sort of feel from Airplane or or so The Naked Gun yeah. where he's playing it very straight, but what he's saying is completely bonkers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we thought, who's the modern master of that? Well, Chris Parnell. He read the script and he looked at what he was doing and was like, yeah, this, this, this will be a lot of fun. It seems like you took this really realistic approach at first, like focusing on a bull shark, because that can go into fresh water as well as salt water. But also you've got like the crazy bone protrusions and armor <laughs> and the electric abilities. How did you arrive at that? We knew we wanted to have evolutions from the very beginning, but we wanted to make it feel like a shark. And then build on top of that. Because if we knew if we didn't have a solid base, the things we added later would not be great. But then we looked at, uh, well, where can we take this? What do players want to do? Well, some players want to go be tanky and smash into things and bite things. And uh, that play, play style really lent itself well to what became the bone evolutions. Some players want to race through an area and get 10 alligators chasing them and then have that big fight against those 10 alligators. So the bioelectric evolution really was about crowd control and fighting lots of things at the same time. So it really just came out of wanting to give players interesting ways to play in their own style. Maneater coming to Xbox One, PS4, PC on May 22nd, 2020. I'm super excited for this game. Thank you so much for, for talking to us. This has been great. Thank you. It's my pleasure. And welcome back to our final segment where we will not waste any time in pushing this button. Everybody 
So we're losing Cicero for most of this segment. He'll be back at the end just because uh, scheduling uh, prompted us to record this first. So if our energy seems a bit different than in the first half, now you know why. We have no energy. None whatsoever. There are two big new releases that uh, came out on Tuesday enabling us to talk about them. Uh, Bayonetta and Vanquish mm-hmm. came out either separately or as a bundle for PS4. It's almost like these might be one of the reasons we came up with that top five. Possibly I don't know. the main I reason. <laughs> we may have covered this already. I, I saw someone pointing out in the Laser Time Facebook community, like, this will make the fourth console I've bought Bayonetta on. And, mm-hmm. and I guess we just thought, I didn't realize in 3020 it's it is 10 years old, so that's not too egregious. It's not quite Skyrim-esque yet. But, uh, but that that is that does seem pretty nuts. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. You know what's what's more nuts? Do you guys remember they announced Bayonetta three? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When when is when is that happening? When are so we getting it? Oh, you got tricked by the old Nintendo PNG announcement. Um, we have a logo. Looks mm-hmm. pretty. It's very Hollywood of them. Fair. Yeah. It's like Ed Wood. I'd, I don't know. I don't have a script, but I got the poster. Look at the poster. <laughs> well, I I downloaded and played both of these. I will oh. say they look pretty good when when you're playing them. They move really fast. They load really fast. Uh, the cutscenes feel like they've been maybe scaled up from 720. There's something kind of slightly grainy, slightly blurry about them. But mm. um, yeah, other, otherwise it's it's great. Uh, if you if you already own these on a decently powerful PC. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that, you know, there's a benefit to getting this other than trophies, but, uh... They're sold in a bundle physically, right? Um, I don't know about physically. Uh, I was going to ask you, like, digitally, did you buy them as a bundle, or yes. can you buy them separately? I paid 40 bucks and bought them as a bundle. Okay. And, but you can buy them separately. And this is just Xbox One and PS4, right? I bought them on PS4. I'm not sure if they're, if it's on Xbox One or not. Uh, okay, I, I was just more asking if it's Probably on Switch. If, uh... No, Bayonet is already on Switch. Right, but I, I more want to know how, how Vanquish plays at this point. I fucking love that game. I mean, as good as you remember. Uh, yeah. It's very fast. It's very, yeah, j- just a very satisfying experience. It's just because because Vanquish had this was this awesome marriage of like indie values with a triple A presentation. Mm-hmm. It was criticized for being very short, but I thought it was. For, for uh, old busy Mister Old Man, it was perfect. Yep, yep. I, I think that's a great way of describing a lot of platinum games: indie values with AAA presentation. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, it's it's fun. It holds up pretty well. Nice. Um, a bunch of other stuff came out. Um, there's there's some stuff that's sort of interesting that we haven't had a chance to play yet. Uh, what is it? Katana Kami: A Way of the Samurai Story. Yes, the way of the samurai looks like an action RPG spinoff. Yeah, it's it's like uh, top down and uh, sort of from what I've read, it sounds like it's a shopkeeper game. Like you're venturing into dungeons and getting loot that you then sell in an item shop. I'm a little disappointed to find out it's not like the very story focused, choose your own adventure way of the samurai games that I'm used to. But uh, you know. Still, still into the idea. Let's see what they've done. And apparently, it has some different factions. Maybe you can curry their favor. Maybe you can betray them to the shogun's men. Uh, it remains to be seen. Okay, okay. I would love just to see one of you take a crack at pronouncing uh, the title immediately underneath that one in the show notes. Under night in birth, exe late. And I think there might be a. A bracket ST or something on the sure. actual release, but uh, yeah, I thought is honestly that like that a fate game. What is that? Um, 
I was looking at the Undernight games. Um, I think it's a fight. It's a fighting game. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, this is. I thought it was like yeah. It's it's Arc System Works. It's one of those oh. yeah, like a, like a Blast Blue type game. They had something else that came out this week. Well, what else? There's a bunch of things. Uh, Double Dragon and Kunio Kun Retro Brawler Bundle. Another bundle, yeah. Which is Wait, like what is 15 Kunio games and three Double Dragon games, yeah. all of them for NES or Famicom. So, uh, but a lot, I think a, something like 11 of the Kunio games have never been released in the U.S. So, and they've all been localized with English, so that that's pretty cool. They're, they're not all River City Rent. Do we have some Super Spike V-Ball up in there? Not Super Spike V-Ball, but uh, Dodgeball. Super Dodgeball is definitely in there, I think. Oh, wait, that, Super Dodgeball. Sorry, yeah. that was the Possibly game. both in uh, American and Japanese flavors. I don't know. I fucking love that game. Mm. That game. And, they, and, and let me tip my hat to Japan. You didn't need to make the American team more awesome than everybody, but you did. And they have all the best moves. <laughs> so I'm kidding. They're way OP. They're the only teams that w- that win. Nice. I am not kidding. But yeah, all, all the Cuneo sports titles are on there. Uh, Renegade is on there, which uh, some people forget that was a Cuneo game originally. Um, so yeah, you know, check it out. But uh, I'm a little disappointed to know that they didn't include like Super NES stuff on there. That it's it's all just eight bit. Yeah, that is weird. That's another. I, I think that one's published by Arc System Works, so they're, mm-hmm. they're doing a lot of things. And that's forty dollars, and that's on Switch. Well, they they bought uh, Technos, I believe. Ah, that's yeah. that would explain mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So they are now the owners of River City Ransom and uh, Dungeon Double Dragon, and the name Michael said that's in the name of the bundle that ah. I can't ever remember. Kunio Kun. Yeah, it's, it's just River City. And then the rest of these are, are kind of just ports or, or alternate versions available. So mm-hmm. there's a Devil May Cry 3 special edition came to Switch this week. Um, Kingdom Hearts uh, HD 1.5 and 2.5 remix came to... <laughs> and the uh, 2.8 final chapter prologue uh, came to Xbox. So you get your Kingdom Hearts fix coming to Xbox. And that is shortly after uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 is actually coming to Xbox Game Pass at the end of the month. So, uh, oh, yeah, and they just announced that as well. And then That's Hunt really Showdown, which is that multiplayer, I want to say it's asymmetrical multiplayer uh, shooter game from Crytek, is on PS4 now that had just been on Steam for the longest time. Hmm. All right, well, yeah, kind of... It's still like these this weird release in-between stuff period, but there's a lot of cool little things... Um, Niche, niche type games let's just say that and and yeah uh, Bayonetta and Vanquish 10th anniversary is on Xbox One so. okay okay yeah. but no 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 Switch because like you said Bayonetta's been there and then is Vanquish on Switch in any way that's a good question I don't know I don't think so no yeah. because I mean that was it's it's still sort of shocking to me because I just assume Bayonetta was locked up with some exclusivity with Nintendo but it looks like that was very timid and uh, yeah it's still bizarre for some reasons the Switch has become my uh, platform of choice of playing sort of like last gen games. Uh, for example, guys, uh, I bought Okami again. Congratulations! <laughs> I'll switch this time. <laughs> Welcome to the club. I look forward to not playing it on a third platform. <laughs> it was their Capcom was running a sale, and and yeah, I played through that fucking thirty minute intro again, where you're yeah. sitting there and you can't do anything. I don't know if I've ever actually made it through that. It's I think I've just played it repeatedly on different platforms. I, I played it for about twenty hours on PS4, but like that's like a quarter of the way through the game. It, mm. It's 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 sort of why that game could benefit from a little more than a remaster. Yeah, like could, an updating, it, more modernizing. Yeah, of that. a bunch of shit that was acceptable in the like the opening gen, like the open the launch games on PS2 and 
I don't know. It does. It does have a slow start and a lot of cutscenes and a lot of tutorials that, like, dude, I get it. Why do you keep showing me this? <laughs> yeah, I got. I, I understand how to use the brush now. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you for it. that. Mm-hmm. I know what a circle is. Yeah. We don't need to do this. I don't need a lengthy text explanation. Mm-hmm. Well, let's move on to. Unlike Michael, who likes to belabor the point mm-hmm. and take as long as I'm possible to get to new releases, I decided, I, this, it's, it's, it's bad joke. No, I gotta go fast, man, because we gotta make like Sonic and get to the VGA Hollywood segment. Who would have called this? Um, hey guys, guess what the biggest domestic opening of any video game movie was? Uh, Mortal Kombat. It was Sanic. Mm, it, was Sanic. it was Sanic. It was Sanic. I don't think if you... What if somebody made you as like a fucking 12-year-old, like, which which video game movie do you think is going to be most successful? And I don't think anyone would have chose Sonic. And I don't know why, because Sonic has survived the best outside of the gaming media. Well, at least Sonic did something better than Mario. <laughs> oh, well, he, That's what he does. Yeah. Mario has bad cartoons and bad movies. Sonic has good cartoons and good movies. That's true. Yeah. It's true. Jaleel White, never forget. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to their games... But the, the key term, the key word I threw in there was domestic. So this is U.S. box office. Um, the, the movie made an estimated $57 million, uh, which overtook last year's uh, Detective Pikachu, which brought in $54.3 mil. That's what I think is the most shocking. Because that yeah. was that had better reviews. I assume p- more people like Pokemon than Sonic. Yeah, you'd think, but what the fuck? Never count out the Sonic fan base; they're enormous. Yeah, and and remember, it was a holiday weekend, so the fifty-seven mil was for the three-day total. Uh, the four-day weekend, uh, there the Hollywood Reporter is projecting sixty-eight million domestic. Um, and so, yeah, the opening day estimate was a twenty-one million that Friday, uh, and that again beat out Detective Pikachu, which brought in twenty and a half million. And that was in May of last year, though. So it's not apples to apples; it's it's a little different. And then again, that's domestic. I would imagine Pokemon probably did amazing business in Japan. Yeah, in, probably, in... yeah. I think, though, what we're missing is this speaks to the immense bankability of James Marsden as a leading man. <laughs> if you need someone to shepherd around a CG character, call Cyclops. <laughs> All I can think of is it was probably four, maybe five E3s ago, he was for some reason in the Sony booth. Mm-hmm. Pimping something. I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it was. Probably and hop. He, he looked so depressed, mm-hmm. and, and he was by himself, just sitting in the middle of the booth, just kind of like looking around, like what have I gotten myself into? And I kind of like locked eyes with him, and I kind of had that realization, like this man's for the most part his movie career is over, and he's <laughs> no. he's on his way down. <laughs> no, I and think, me, I, think which... I was on my way up, baby, because that was pre VGA days. And now, look at me now, baby. I, I think what you saw is uh, James Marsden hates your job, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, yeah. Maybe he was feeling sorry for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I might be projecting. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. I, if anybody is so cynical for the next Sonic games comes out and like. Who are they even making these for? Like, the Sonic fans that show up, idiot. Yeah. They did it again. The people who buy these games. Yeah, now you know why. Like, apparently Sonic fans are putting their money where their mouth is mm-hmm. at all times. Yep. Yum. But the thing is, the movie has decent reviews. Yeah, like, I'm sure it, it's fine. Yeah, but... but um. 
imagine that if you stay true to a series and uh, make something that people actually like, they will show up and watch it. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, they went back. They, they, they redid the look. But can you imagine, like, had they not redone the look? I think we'd be telling a totally different the, tale. The, the, well, yes, but also, like, redoing the look, I guess, is is pulling a lot of weight here because I, now, I haven't seen it. Maybe it's good. But just the, the basic premise is, like, this has been done so many times, this fish-out-of-water-in-modern-day-America story with a cartoon character. They did it with Smurfs. Uh, it, it probably did it more times than that. I can't yeah. just, I just can't think now that, of any That's what examples. I find the most bizarre. They didn't make an origin story set in the Green Hill Zone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They they made Masters of the Universe. No, we'll bring Sonic to us. Yes, Masters of the Universe. Thank you. That was the And it worked. <laughs> and it worked. But, I mean, they, but they kind of did seemed, an origin of Dr. Robotnik. Yeah, it seems to be more his origin story. Yeah. Yeah, and we all saw that that clip from the the very first uh, Gawky Sonic trailer, where I'm I'm guessing it's from the end of the movie, where he's kind of bald and has gained some weight and has a huge the orange frayed, mustache. Yeah, mustache. Yeah, yeah. So I'm guessing he follows Sonic back to Mobius and becomes the villain there, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And if we got nothing else, we got another wonderfully weird period of Jim Carrey and. I really like seeing that guy mm-hmm. make, doing fun things on talk shows. I like. I have not seen the movie yet, but I am plenty fulfilled with his talk show appearances. <laughs> it does suck that like he can go off and make really good movies, but all we really want is for him to be Ace Ventura again. We're like, come on, man, come on, on you, man. He knows it, and he doesn't want to do that that much Speak anymore. Speak for yourself. I want to see him do a sequel to the Truman Show or Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless no, Mind. No, no, no. Yeah, the movies didn't end well enough for you. Mm. Once was enough for that movie. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I, I actually liked his serious actor face. No, I did too. That's what I'm saying is we, you know, at the end of the day, we're like, oh, please revert back to, it's like Eddie Murphy. Mm. You know, he's finally back doing the Eddie Murphy that he kind of came in doing with in his role in My Name is Dolomite. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, this is the Eddie Murphy we've been asking for for 20 years. Where's this guy been? Indeed. And he's like semi-retired because I got yeah. more money than you'll ever right have. Now he's making Coming to America too. Hell yeah. It's coming, man, to America. Nothing can go to- wrong. Um, hey, don't worry. There's there's more video game content for us to shit on. No, coming. there um, isn't. Uh, well, if you read the LinkedIn page of Activision Blizzard's president, Nick Van Dyke, mm-hmm. uh, no relation to Dick, um, his page leaked the existence of an Overwatch animated series and a Diablo anime series. So on the profile itself, uh, he confirms the Overwatch, Overwatch animated series has been developed and sold Though he didn't say who that was sold to, whether it's going to be Netflix, someone else. And then on that same profile page, he also says that Diablo Netflix series is going to be using an anime style, um, which, you know, that worked for Castlevania. So why not? Sure. Can I bring something to the Hollywood segment that I noticed and something I watched this week? And I am putting Michael a bit on the spot here. Um, I watched... the Apple exclusive, which I don't mm-hmm. have, don't ask how I watched it. Oh. Uh, Mythic Quest with Raven. the seven day free trial of Apple TV. Oh, really? Clearly. Uh, well, I mean, I would. Yes, yeah, I would never. I would yes. never try that thing. Yes, but, I, yes. Is the whole series out yet? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. It's, it's then like I will episodes. use that. I will. I will have watched that by the time you're hearing this on Apple Plus. Is that what it's called? Apple Plus. Yes, Apple TV Plus. Yes, thank you. Okay. Sure. Apple, we can't justify selling you a new phone every two years, so have some of this. Uh, but it's it's uh, the always sunny people, well, Charlie and Rob specifically, hmm. excuse me, Charlie and Mac, making a... a it, dude, okay, so first of all, on bonus time this week, I have a minor reappraisal of 
uh, Ready Player One after this weekend. Oh. Long story short, free of all this weird pressure and think pieces, like I think half of Ready Player One is an excellent cartoon. I really sort of hate the humans. Yeah, uh, the, mm-hmm. the stuff inside the Oasis is really fun. And yeah. uh, it, and second, like watching Ravens, what is it? Mythic Quest Ravens Banquet. Yes, yeah. Uh, it's. It's the least embarrassing look at making a video game I have ever seen. It's it's what from everything I've heard, it's remarkably accurate. Like 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 obviously it's exaggerated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's but that's why the some of the jokes like I'm watching it with my lady friend. I'm like, you getting this? Like this is it's clearly making fun of wow and then other shit and like it, yeah she's it, whatever she was getting. It, but it's just like yeah the jokes are like very specific to things people listening to the show will get. Yeah, well, that's. I think one of the producers is a guy from Ubisoft who worked in a development. Okay, studio so for that years was the thing. Yeah. When the show ends, it's got the uh, like the uh, Always Sunny production studio, and then it's a Ubisoft logo. Yeah, it's, yep. that's co-produced by Ubi. Yeah, yeah, because I was the opening when they're showing the game. I'm like, this really looks like For Honor, <laughs> like as an MMO. Well, yeah, I mean, it does use. There is footage from For Honor and Assassin's Creed Odyssey and other stuff in there that's supposed to be standing in for the game that they're or you making. Or it's just straight gameplay footage from other games? Yeah. I did not know that. It's, you get the right to do that when you co-produce a yeah. show. <laughs> I know, but I didn't even know they were involved because like, that's was part of the thing that looked the least embarrassing about it is that when the game moves, it doesn't do like stupid shit like, oh, no, I'm being hunted by the cops. Oh, I'm dead now. It's it looks like a modern game. It plays like like it plays like a modern game. The models look Mm. like game models. It's I don't know. I thought I was I'm applauding it. How is Danny Putty's character in in it? What 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 is I like him. I've only honestly I've only seen a couple of episodes, but I uh, he he he's just kind of I don't want to say like savage, but he he's just kind of this merciless money type who mm. his his one goal is like I am going to keep this place running no matter the cost, and everyone is going to hate me because of it because no one wants to put a casino in the game that players pay real money to play at. This isn't part of my legacy. I will yeah. sell this shovel by turning it gold and adding a pair of tits to it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I I actually may or may not have uh, captured some footage for. Uh, mythic quest that mm. may or may not appear in one of the episodes um oh shit really? I, I still have to watch to see like okay did it make it in i i, I don't know we'll see oh, jesus mm. this is the first i've ever talked about it with michael so mm. now i'm just learning yeah. thank god it showed up on the internet somewhere yeah, yeah. i'd never know about it yeah well that's it for the hollywood segment let's kick into the regular mm. old news. well as long as we're be- between regular industry news and uh hollywood and personalities y'all hollywood. see this ninja shit that came up today uh, yeah uh yesterday oh several days ago you okay. mean his thing about um it's just a game yeah i don't know you see my tweet about it no I said, and sometimes it's all about the game and how you play it, and had the triple uh, look, H that's, gif and very mean. I'm watching. I'm watching the ruthless aggression documentary. Worst narrator <laughs> ever, but it reminded me that uh, uh, <laughs> triple H's theme is one of the best. Lemmy, Lemmy was all over the ruthless aggression period. Mm. Yeah, he, he basically yeah, the, he, the, he the said, quote was uh, the phrase "It's just a game" is such a weak mindset. You are okay with what happened, losing imperfection of a craft. When you stop getting angry after losing, you've lost twice. There is always something to learn and always room for improvement. Never settle. Like, okay, I I get how this could be seen in a positive light, but like, 
Dude, I mean, it, okay, it's it's your job to play games professionally. I get that. Maybe, yeah. maybe you're you have money writing on whether or not you win or lose. But I I think you, like by the time you get to my point, I'm not going to say my age, but like I've been playing games for years and years and years. Every time I lose in a multiplayer game, I sit back and laugh. Like, what else am I going to do? Like, oh, that was yeah. funny. Maybe I learned something that will help me not do I mean, this again. I guess in, yeah. in his defense, mm-hmm. that sounds like something a pro athlete would say. That That's my, mm-hmm. my immediate question when I saw that quote is, who is this addressed to? Who Who is he meaning mm-hmm. to talk to? do with this because if it's his four-year-old cousin well if it's joe public his four-year-old audience if it's members. joe public or if it is that's the thing is he is a role model to a mm. lot of young people and does a lot of stuff for for like young you know gamers and all that stuff if that's who he meant to address that to no nah, dude that ain't it chief yeah. but if, if it I, is I think, meant for like the, pro gamers the worst part was like he he kind of expanded on that on video and he was saying like if if that's the way you feel, like it's just a game, like try saying that to LeBron James. Uh, if that's what you feel, you're a horrible person and lazy. This is the thing, though. This is the same man. He's kind of at this point getting to be known for his terrible Twitter takes. Mm. He he was watching pro football this past season, and he was the man that goes, "I just don't understand. Their one job as NFL kickers is to make the kick. They should be fired the second they miss the first kick. It's not that hard. You have one job is to make a kick." And I'm like, "Have you ever attempted a kick like to hmm. kick a field goal in football, dude?" That first of all, you got eleven three hundred pound super jack dudes that are probably roided out coming after you at the mm-hmm. same time. Uh, that goalpost probably looks like. Uh, about a foot apart when you're 50 yards away. Like, no, it is hard. Otherwise, anyone could do it. It just comes... Stuff like this comes across as incredibly tone deaf. And it's one of those things where, like, I have to scroll down someone's timeline. Like, am I missing the context? Like, what is this a response to? Where Where is... Where are these ninja-isms coming hmm. from? Yeah. I don't know. Building his brand and other such sickening excuses. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I don't blame. I mean, like again, he sounds like a pro athlete. I think it's weird coming out of someone who doesn't look like the pro athletes we've seen mm. before. But the fact is that he is one. And if he thinks that no one can say that, I have a clip I can. I'm sending you of a very professional hockey player. Oh, I think I know this one. Let's see what Eliza blah 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 of the Ducks says. Only it's only game. Why you have to be mad? <laughs> 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 I love that guy's voice. Here, here's his tweet about football, by the way. I'll never understand how college and NFL football teams allow kickers that just dot, 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 miss kicks. I feel like there has to be pools of kickers in the USA that won't miss simple kicks or snappers that won't mess the snaps. I don't know, man. It just seems so silly. Would love opinions on this. Oh, yeah. Famous last words on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> no, you wouldn't. Oh, you're Nobody singing. loves opinions on Twitter. You, you like that ratio, do you? <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess, uh, he's, 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 doing, he's doing his part to uh, be the Kenny Powers of esports. And, and <laughs> oh, he, he, he leans into it, though. Uh, so someone replied to him, like, I'll never understand how pro Fortnite players just miss shots. I feel like there has to be pools of pro players mm-hmm. who just clicked in the heads in every single shot with 100% accuracy. It seems silly. And his response, this is the shittiest reply ever. Fortnite requires movement, editing, building, rotating, and hitting shots. There are not quote-unquote positions in Fortnite. A kicker's job is literally to kick. Horrible analogy, kind of embarrassing. 
So I think yes, that's, that's why people, what's kind of embarrassing. I think that's what, why that's people that, respond to this. He sounds like a pro like, athlete. He sounds like a young pro athlete yeah. and doesn't mm-hmm. understand what it's like for anybody else to have a different experience mm-hmm. as an athlete. Yeah. Uh, but whatever. Give him oh, t- well. Whatever. He'll probably tut, be tut, cool Tut, tut. Let us uh, stroke our beards and shake our heads at the young ninja I'm and not. his millions of dollars. I'm not. I'm not. I want to. I want to work for you, Ninja. Whatever you need, man. I got it. You got it right here. All right, Matt. What else you got? Uh, well, we finally have an explanation for why the Acta Lizard uh, games were pulled from GeForce Now, and it's not a good explanation. It sucks, but it's an explanation nonetheless. Um, because Activision participated in the beta test of the service, Nvidia thought the agreement extended to uh, the initial period after the launch. But Activision said, no, 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 we need a full commercial agreement. Um, Here's NVIDIA's statement. Activision Blizzard has been a fantastic partner during the GeForce Now beta, which we took to include the free trial period for our founders' membership. Recognizing the misunderstanding, we removed their games from our service with hope we can work with them to re-enable these and more in the future. So according to NVIDIA, it was all just a misunderstanding. I guess... The thing for me of this playing out publicly is we are seeing they do need deals in place to I, – I don't understand what additional value Activision is providing here. Like people bought the games. It's in their mm-hmm. Steam library. All mm-hmm. this is doing is – I mean we talked about it on the previous shows. But like this is just NVIDIA enabling another way to – it'd be like every time you bought a new laptop, like Activision would wanting to cut every time you downloaded that game on – that version of Steam it, or look, something like that. I got it. It's it's storing your FM Towns Marty cartridges in a storage locker. Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly. Sure. You got you got to cover that. I'm mm-hmm. so good at this. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it it's not a great explanation. And, and frankly, yeah, the only other thing I could think of is like, what is Nvidia's policy on account sharing? Because Blizzard's been sort of immune to all that stuff, haven't they? Even the Steam account sharing. Well, no. I mean, if you if I gave you my Steam account login, you could use it. Uh, it would just. No, I, mean, I mean, Steam. Michael and I have shared each other's accounts to our own accounts before. Like, yeah. it, that option is there. So, yeah. like, family sharing. And I don't know how Nvidia works. Nvidia is allowing anything like that. I can see Blizzard. Like, I didn't think about that till the car today. Like, oh, I can see why Activision would lose their shit because like they don't have a commercial license to share their games with people who didn't pay for them. But again, I haven't looked into the service. I don't know if that's no, possible. no, no. My understanding is, and I signed up. I think it's 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 like a one-time account link where you have to link your Steam account with your GeForce Now account. So it's not like you can link multiple multiple Steam accounts or multiple GeForce Now accounts to the same Steam account. I think I'm pretty sure it's one to one. But if it's that's, not, that yeah, that the would the only be other issue. justification I could think of because the one they just said is stupid. Yeah. But I guess it's what you have to say if you want to work with somebody again. <laughs> <laughs> guess so. Guess so. And last bit of news: um, Persona Five Royal is going to address a lot of the homophobic scenes for the Western release from the original Persona Five. So Persona Five Royal—that's yes. the Switch version that's coming in later this year. Well, there, there is one specific homophobic thing in that game that is a little bit of a jaw dropper. In that there are these two characters who I believe are called the Beefy Trendsetter and the Scruffy Something or other. It involves Ryuji, right? Yeah, Ryuji. Like they—they they just keep showing up and uh, hitting on. Ryuji, and then like at one point they basically kidnap him and wander off, and then it turns out like, oh yeah, we just took him shopping. It was fun, uh, but but it insinuates the, something. Yeah, darker. there's there's there are definitely predatory 
overtones because it's like these two uh, presumably middle-aged gay stereotypes uh, with tiny hats hitting on a high school kid. Um, and if you like see the, the anime, like one of them, I, I don't know why I, I seem to see this more in Japanese stuff. I feel like this was a stereotype like back in the seventies of the man with lipstick and a five o'clock shadow. Like, I, I don't know why that, that just says like, Oh, gay to people, but <laughs> like why that specific combination? I don't know. Now that they're both, they both go against the status quo. I guess. The five o'clock yeah. shadow and the lipstick. I guess yeah. so. Yeah. Over there, I'm saying. So, uh, Atlas's uh, communications manager, Ari Advincula, told IGN that they are going to be updating those scenes that you mentioned there, Michael, with Yuji. Um, and they'll no longer be shown in a quote-unquote negative light. Uh, here's the quote. We actually were able to go through some of the lines that players may not have received as well, look at that feedback, and then update it for the current generation. Senior project manager Yunaba, who uh, handled the game's localization in the West, he told GameSpot, um, these characters were portrayed as more like predatory. I think the community had a very strong response to that, and you saw that, and that was definitely altered for Royal. Um, as a localization manager, I cannot do too much about what has already made it into the game, he said. Uh, our team members felt a little bit of awkwardness about that when working on it, and with Royal, we were determined to see if we could do something about it, at least localization-wise. On our end, it took a lot of effort consulting not just the production department, but talking with our marketing and how they would feel about it if we changed how things were in Persona 5 to this new way. What would the public reception be? What would the company would think? Whether it would be okay if we made the change. Um, so that's why I put this story in here is, is I thought it was an opportunity for us to kind of have a small discussion about this guy is, is, is in charge of localization on a game, right? Mm -hmm. And so they, they're saying for this version, for the localization, they're going to make those changes. But it... It doesn't really address the core issue, which is like, well, it's the game itself. It's in the game. Like, basically, he's just... It's he's, in the game. He's having to ask permission of the production team. Like, mm -hmm. can we alter this game for the localization? Yeah, it sounds to me like a fight he lost and might win this time. Well, it, it sounds just like for the he's localization. won. If, if, if he's yeah. making public statements about it, then... No, I'm that's, saying it sounds a like a fight. Like, I'm sure any... English speaking, US born localization team caught this and like this is gonna be misinterpreted and this mm -hmm. we should reconsider this. And if I know Japanese development, they said, Hmm, have you thought about go fucking yourself? <laughs> don't touch my game. <laughs> I think what 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 I I don't know, what would would you be shocked if this scene is sanitized for the US and not for Japan? Because I wouldn't be. Well that that's what I think is happening here. And that's yeah. that's kind of the question I wanted to pose to you guys is like is this good enough or is this more an indication of a problem that needs to be addressed more at the production level versus just the localization level? And is that realistic to expect that? I don't like to be a cultural relativist, but I also don't like promoting uh, my way of thinking on cultures I do not in any way represent or even understand sometimes. Uh, however, gay is funny. I mean, come on. No, um... Uh, that wasn't received well by anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Not allowed to laugh at that. Come on. Uh, no, I, no, because I, I, I like, uh, but here, but for real, I don't think it's an incumbent on Persona Five to fix anime. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris, can I ask? Like, did you actually go through a similar situation when you were at Capcom? No, no, okay. but I wish I had, um, and I won't say with what, but but. Um, but the, but those situations do arise, and like it's it's in 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 everything 
everything I had heard about, like, changes were made to sort of, like, most of the time to... You don't want to fucking offend... The, the, the Japanese don't want to offend anybody, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is there is there is a very art very strong artistic pull to the voice of the game, no matter what it is. So it, it is a fight that has to be had. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, sorry, what do you call it? Your voice, people. I mean, uh, creators don't like being censored, and I mean, development in Japan is very they're very much treated more like artists. So what are you gonna do? Yeah. For some reason, it made me think of a, a recent title that's it's sort of related to Persona 5, and that was the Catherine Full Body, which mm-hmm. I, th- I think there's still controversy out there of, like, the original Catherine kind of had some scenes that could be perceived as transphobic, and then I think the debate is still out there, like, does Full Body address those concerns, or does it actually just kind of make it worse and lean into it? I didn't... Did you, did anyone hear I Full Body? It, no. Yeah, all right. No, I, I mean, I played the original, and yeah, yeah, there's a ton of shit in there. Like, I don't know, man, I've, I've had this... Working on thirty twenty ten is kind of a giant mind fuck in that regard. Like just this week, we I found a clip. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to play this thing with a very big celebrity and some of my favorite comedians. And like, that is totally transphobic. Ten years down the line, mm. like uh, from people who I know meant well, and and I, I just don't know. <laughs> and all <laughs> and apropos of nothing, uh, I just downloaded Pluto TV, and they have an entire Tosh Point channel, a show I haven't really ever seen. Oh, you've and, never seen any Tosh Point really? I mean, I think I've seen like like clips on Facebook and shit, but then like, I think it's like only the first season, and like every single thing would get every single video game company in trouble with everything yes. said and shown. Oh, absolutely. I uh, I owe my wife big time because uh, a friend of mine and I dragged our wives to a live Tosh Point show once, and it was uh, well, I've, I've different times. His, his stand up special, I think I thought he was pretty pretty great. I he, mean, he's, he's just very South Parky in that yeah. he, he pushes the envelope well, for the also, sake of pushing it sometimes. That's, that's the guy that we have to thank for the whole uh, comedians making rape jokes wave of uh you know yeah well get pluto tv and you can watch it 24 7 Mm. it's it's crazy i do like when he does the internet redemption stuff where he takes like people whose videos went viral and kind of interviews them like hey uh, i flipped it on i saw like a a clip of him like that that fucking amateur juggalo wrestler kid and like (laughs) i mean we used to watch it all the time years ago but it did kind of get to a point it's like Okay, if we watch this during dinner, what are the odds that it's going to have like somebody picking away at like a huge, gross wound or something uh, like that? There's yeah, always yeah, something like super gross on there. Gross, yeah, yeah, that was a bunch of that shit too. And like, I, I was just, but again, like some of the stuff we're talking about are games from like several years ago, with the added layer of being from another country with different values mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, if it's shit that didn't fly here ten years ago. Like, I don't know. Imagine what it was like remastering a game in Japan. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. No, that's Do true. Do not envy localizers. Yeah, I'm anxious to see how this one plays out and, you know, how the changes are made and how people react to them. So, but that mm-hmm. that is something that like you guys said it kind of is a victory in that they were they wouldn't have gone out there with this announcement if someone didn't win that fight and say, no, we really should do this for this version of the game. So. Yeah. For for what it's worth, I think the beefy trendsetter and scruffy romantic were very exaggerated uh outdated stereotypes and it's it's just like a knock knee dude hitting on a teenager is a little weird and i'll say for anybody who doesn't want to see any shit like that i played for 50 hours and don't know what you're talking about all right good i never saw it whatever this is well you can go play 50 more in the new version build those social links man hang out with ryuji more see what happens 
No. Oh, wait. Now I'm going to look like the fucking homophobe. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Why are you doing this to me? What? I just wanted to, I just wanted to play in Persona Land. All right. <laughs> Persona Land. Is that like Disneyland? Mm. Ah, that's what the Japanese call it. The kids are going to get on to me, but yeah, I know my ship. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on to the community segment, which is always is segmenting our community. Last week's question of the week, as you might remember, was who is your favorite video game couple and why Cicero, you weren't here last week. Do you no, have an answer for that? Of course I do. Of course you do. Um, yeah. So um, a lot of times people, when they talk about couples, they think just uh, cisgendered heterosexual couples. Yeah. Um, and, you know, some people only think about cisgendered heterosexual romantic couples. Mm. I'm not going to think about that. My favorite video game couple is Vincent and Leo from, uh, I think it's 2016, 2018's A Way Out. Oh, oh okay. shit. <laughs> yes. I never played that because I couldn't start it without a second player. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you need a friend in order to play this game. Yeah. But if once you get a friend, the game is fucking amazing. It oh. is so much fun. It is quick. Um, Relatively, like it, you could, you could do it in a sitting or, or a, a, a longer sitting or a short weekend. It's five hours. Um, and you could do it on, on your couch or you can do it online. All, all you need is one person to own the game and then, uh, your buddy gets a, a key to play, uh, your copy of the game with you. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, it is, it is super cool. It's basically, Prison Break, the game set in 1972 and then like in the 80s. Um, it's, yeah, it's really, really cool. And, and the rela- relationship between the, the, the two protagonists, um, is very, very awesome. And I won't spoil it for anybody who hasn't played it. Um, it is super cool. I, I love those. Two I had never, crazily enough, I'd never heard up until this point that it was set in the 70s and 80s, and yeah, that same. sells it for me. Mm-hmm. I love shit yeah. set in the 70s and 80s. <laughs> yes. And yes. you can play it with one person, I believe. No. No, no, it's, no, it's, it's, no, it's no, co-op. I tried mandatory. to. Yeah. Co-op only. You, you cannot start until you have a second player. All right, twist my arm, Mark, Michael. You can buy the game, and we'll play together. It's fine. I bought it years ago. <laughs> Give my gosh, Mandy is up in this shit. Give me my key, man. We'll all right, play all right, it. All right, all right, cool. Oh man, it's yeah. yes, it's so awesome. And stream it. All right. Well, thank you for twisting arms, Cicero. I would ship myself and the Power Team, which I've been secretly looking up this entire time, including their YouTube channel. And would it surprise you to know that they played themselves on an episode of Walker Texas? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. 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 Oh, I I'm love surprised it. they weren't like the Barbarian Brothers playing themselves in a series of movies. I tried to I tried to watch it, videos on their website, but it requires Flash Nine or greater. Of course, but, it um, does. <laughs> Probably <laughs> Internet Explorer 5.0 or above. But they do they they do have they do have a YouTube channel, and I can't get I can't get enough of this shit. This is ridiculous. <laughs> you, you do have to upgrade your version of Real Media Player to see some yeah, of those videos. Yeah, Got to have Netscape Navigator Four, man. There's footage of them on a hell helicopter going to South Africa. I, th- Matt's not alone in being motivated by beefcake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shipping myself and the entire power team. 
Which, by the way, may have been renamed to Todd Keen and the Power Team. I, I can't wait for the explanation of who Todd Keen is. God, this is great. Featuring Salty the Psalms. I got gotcha. you. This isn't even on the Wikipedia. I can't find any inf- more information on Todd Keen. Yeah. Sorry. Right. You got to live question it, of the week. Who's you your favorite Power Team member? Mine's Timber. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like bad American gladiators. Uh-huh. Or yes. Or uh, best. The best American gladiators. They 100% uh-huh. uh, were American gladiators for Jesus. So <laughs> you sold once Jesus. again. <laughs> Jesus hated paperweights of phone books. Paired <laughs> in half, my son. You, uh, I will name off right now, Big Country, Sergeant Rock, um, <laughs> Nitro. Okay. okay. All right. All right, right. <laughs> Got to get to the answers. Big Country. VeggieGameApocalypse.com, <laughs> uh, Snacks and Jackson says, Who's from Snacks and Jackson? Oh, no. We, get it, we did it. We brought him up. I thought we, we'd made a rule <laughs> never to do that again. <laughs> Beef. Cries Beef Crowlaws says, I totally love Nate and Elena from the Uncharted series. As much as I know they'll split up at the start of a game, I equally know they'll get back together by the end of the one I'm currently playing. Both of them are clearly in love with each other, but they are also clearly in love with the thrill of adventure. I'm not sure that their on-again, on off-again relationship is particularly healthy, but their banter when they're together is always a delight. Kudos to Naughty Dog for making such a believable couple. Huzzah! Kudos! Huzzah. I, f- I feel like I, I mispronounced, or, or I, I used the wrong voice with the Snacks and Jackson thing. It should have been like, <laughs> I mean, either way, I'm putting effects over it. So, yeah, I'm going to get both of them in there. Get some reverb. Snacks and Jackson, what's your faction? <laughs> I'm, I'm reverb plus a little demonic uh, voice altering there. Mm-hmm. It'll sure, sound sure, good. Sure, yeah. Trust me. Trust me on this one. You know the guy who sang that song just died recently? And he, he was white? I was shocked. I think so. <laughs> uh, uh, I believe that guy's name was Beef Fucker, by the way. Um, <laughs> Beef Fucker. So, <laughs> uh, just, just the, so the, 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 ten, the 10Z is what threw me. I'm like, what? It's probably like his area code or some shit. I am not a twist <laughs> from Twitter says... Marriage story, but Aya and Bay- Bayek? Yeah. <laughs> From Bayek. Bayek. Origins? Yeah. Can you just imagine, like, you know, Bayek singing a uh, show tune to her? And... Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, he'd, he'd sing it to his friends after the yeah. fact. Yeah. Right. He wants, to, he wants to really stay in Egypt, and she wants to go somewhere else. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. How can you talk about going back to Greece? <laughs> we never discussed this. <laughs> Uh, you live in Siwa. Why are you going to Thebes? Mr. Red Stash, at Mr. Red Stash, says, uh, First, I want to second Chris's Sonic and Tail ship. I've been yeah. on Deviant Art, and clearly someone got Sonic <laughs> pregnant. That's true. He's not going to get it pregnant someone by himself. Did. It uh, might as well be a baby fox. <laughs> might as well. Uh, that being said, my favorite video game relationship has to be Luigi and Daisy. Nintendo followed the Disney model with the Mario series and gave all of the personality to its secondary characters. Mm. Luigi is a scared, nervous, submissive fellow, while Daisy is perky, fun, dominant woman. I like to think that Dom's sub-relationship continues into the bedroom with Luigi donning a green latex bodysuit and Daisy slipping on a pair of yellow stilettos. And after a night of whips, cuffs, and chastity devices, Daisy hops on that mustache and rides it until dawn. Keep keep going. What what are you doing? This better not have awakened anything. It was almost there. (laughs) By the way, I was accidentally on... 
Deviant art, if you can believe it, while talking <laughs> to, to, to Grim. <laughs> to Grim, I was directed there by a group, Old Dogs fan art, mm-hmm. um, ah. about the classic say, 2009 you turn on movie. Safe search, man. Mm-hmm. And they, I, they actually, it was a fucking big red herring, and they didn't post any Old Dogs related art. <laughs> but I did find a wonderful Jerry Seinfeld gorilla mashup called Harambe. <laughs> <And> <laughs> That has been making me laugh for like two days. <laughs> I'm Harambe! I'm Harambe! I wasn't going to kill him! <laughs> Every time someone says Harambe, the video speeds up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, from we face. We're playing Thumb War! <laughs> 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 why, why do we find B-movies so funny? I don't know. Oh, uh, I don't know. From Facebook, Kurt Honecker says, uh, Maddie said mine on the episode, Final Fantasy VIII, Renoa, and Squall. Final Fantasy VIII was actually the first Final Fantasy game I ever played back when I was in high school, and it was one of the first games I remember with a romance angle to it. It isn't necessarily my favorite video game romance, but it is my most formative. Despite Squall being standoffish and awkward, he still somehow won over Renoa giving us geeks a glimmer of hope. Ha ha. Um, and Jason Cromer says, Mario Peach. Uh, Mario has been through hell and back for her. Also, Luigi and Daisy. Mm. Mm. Yes. A lot of Daisy Lou shippers out there. Well, I, I feel like that is almost a confirmed couple, as or the, that Daisy's always been Luigi's uh, girlfriend ever since the movie. And, uh, yeah, it oh, came out of John yeah. Leguizamo and uh, Samantha Mathis, I think. Um, yes. Yeah. And uh, but whereas Mario and Peach are always a little bit more nebulous. And, um, yeah, but let's let's be honest. Those are Italians, and those are very tight overalls. They have mm. no dicks. That's there, true. There, there is no shipping here. No. We might we might as well ship us as a podcast host. Mm-hmm. I imagine that, that the uh, this their overalls are actually skin tight and their bodies yeah. are actually that exact shape. Yes, they're mm-hmm. skin tight and they shave their pubes and mm-hmm. that's why it looks yeah. like that. Right. They're like swimmers. Right. <laughs> and talking about latex bodysuits, they're already wearing them. See, I just always assumed because they're Italian, the overalls are just made from woven chest hair that they, mm. they've somehow grown <laughs> to cover their entire body. Yeah, and I know they're wearing overalls and a long sleeve shirt, but I'm Italian and there's still visible bikini line even in that outfit. Just <laughs> <laughs> around the ankles. <laughs> Up by the chin. <laughs> okay, so new question of the week. Who is your favorite Platinum Games character and why? I think from my part, I'm going to go with Blade Wolf. The uh, chainsaw-tailed dog that you meet in Metal Gear Rising oh. Revengeance, uh, because he's he he starts out as an enemy and becomes a sidekick and evolves. He he learns from you to the point where he he realizes that, like there are more important things than your immediate mission directive. Things like posing in a ridiculous sombrero and poncho in Mexico City before slipping into a sewer. Uh, <laughs> By the way, Blade Wolf, also my favorite power team member. Uh, of course. Blade Wolf is the guy who plays Blades in Guitar Wolf. <laughs> joke for like two people. All right, someone else. Uh, I, I really like Sam Gideon. Okay. And one of my, it's, it stands uh, as one of my favorite uh, memories of being in the press because I'm taking a, I, I really wanted to see Vanquish and we're in a room and like, um, 
and there's a translator, and then I was like, check this shit out, and Sam Gideon just like by default just lights up cigarettes and smokes them, mm-hmm. and, uh, and like he was told games don't do this anymore, but he likes to smoke, and, so, <laughs> and like. Uh, like and I was like, yeah, so do I. So it, yeah, it'll feel like a little older than it is because the main character smokes cigarettes all the time, which is like, mm-hmm. if there was no, it's not like that brutal a game, but that puts it like into instant M rating. I think at this point, <laughs> yeah. it's his anal, it's it's his idle animation. It's yeah. like Sonic taps his watch yeah. and this guy just lights up. Yeah, and just yeah. light lighting uh, new cigarettes off the old cigarette. Like he hasn't even finished the old one yet. He keeps making excuses to go outside. For a smoke, and uh... my favorite is when I confuse my Mass Effect memories with something from Vanquish. <laughs> <laughs> it it could have gone there, Bioware. We could have had it. Damn, yeah. damn, missed opportunity. Um, so mine is a character we we brought up earlier on the show. Uh, it's not necessarily my favorite character as much as my favorite character arc or story arc. It's, it's Pascal from mm. Near Automata. Um, not to bring things down a bit, but but Pascal goes through some shit in that game, and um. You get to see a lot of emotional development, which feels weird to say about a robot. Is it a cyborg, maybe? Well, no, this one's a robot robot. But uh, but yeah, you you. I've never really felt like bad, that bad for a game character as you do for Pascal in like kind of a pivotal moment in that game. And it's it's it is touching and just it's tragic. It's like a, there's like a tragic moment, basically, that that involves Pascal. So. Hmm. Spoilers. Really well written. Oh, that's a tragedy. It could be anything. She could have stubbed her robot toe. Yeah. Cicero. All right. Well, um, you know, I could go with Bayonetta. Um, but really, honestly, I've got to go with um, my favorite character in in video games. Um, oh. and, and that is... Uh, he's cool but rude. He's Raphael <laughs> from... The, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles oh, that is such in cheap. Manhattan. This is the worst version of of Raphael. I was going to say, is that game any good? It's, it's no. the worst version of the Turtles. I remember being very, very excited for the release of this game. Because yeah. the Transformers game was pretty good. Mm. Yes, yeah. because, yes, the Transformers game was pretty good um, because they had been terrible before that. Mm-hmm. And then you were like, oh, wow, this one's actually halfway decent. Yeah. So then we, you know, we had mostly gotten pretty decent um, beat-em-ups for uh, Turtles games. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, wow, we're, you know, we're finally getting a new Turtles game. It's been like 10 years since we've had one. This should be great. It was not. Not to be. But uh, but I you know I definitely still had Raphael, and they all look funny. Um, and uh, so yeah, so Raphael is my favorite uh, platinum games. I don't know character. you cheat like that. I would have said Devastator. Oh. <laughs> yeah, clearly it's Cora. <laughs> yeah, they had a rough relationship with Nickelodeon. Yeah, well, we did rush over. Like, they had an A team and a B team for a while there at Platinum. And Clearly. It was, it was like, oh, this must be the B team. I just figured they hadn't had enough time to work on the licensed stuff. Yeah. Huh. Oh, well. No, that's because, yeah, the Transformers game was, was, was not Was bad. it Devastation? Yeah. Was that yes. what that was yeah, yeah, Devastation, yeah. All right, so who is your favorite Platinum Games character and why? Let us know. Go to VigiGameApocalypse.com and answer under the comments for episode 
355 alternately hit us up on the official laser time community on facebook there'll be a thread there where you can answer or you can ping us on twitter at vg apocalypse anyway that's been our show uh let's go up with some plugs cicero once again where can people hear you uh, people can hear me every Sunday on twitch.tv slash dnd, uh, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Rivals of Waterdeep. Check out everything else that I'm doing at Stubby Stan on all your social media platforms, like the Discovery Debrief podcast, uh, like the stuff that I do on the Incomparable Network and Rivals of Waterdeep. Nice. And uh, you guys should listen to Laser Time this week. It's called Just Add Lightning, and it's all about the dumb shit lightning's done in fiction. (laughs) 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 It can make a robot sentient. It can give Mel Gibson telepathic powers. Uh, What about Scott Bayo's telepathic powers? From Zapped? Is that from Lightning too? I don't know. Tell me there's a Shocker appearance. That uh, horror movie. Definitely. Well, because Shocker and Ernest Goes to Jail share a very similar arc. (laughs) (laughs) What about Jamie Foxx? Think about what Lightning did to Jamie Foxx in uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2. Oh, yeah. Sticking with this, we do talk a little bit about Electro. Because hmm. uh, like long before it was cool in video games, that homie was uh, uh, sliding around on wires, calling Spider-Man a loser on telephone wires. It looks really dumb in the cartoon. <laughs> I can't wait for you to hear. So he part. was an infamous. Uh, yes, yeah. but that's that's this happened in the '60s <laughs> on oh. television. Electro that and, was not uh, and, allowed back then. And on 30, 2010 this week, you fools, where we look 30, 20, and 10 years ago, back in time, uh, uh, we're talking about one of my favorite movies of the entire 2000s, and I am baffled that two of the finest foreign movies of the 90s came out on the same day. Hmm. Um, And uh, I don't want to spoil what those are, because you should listen to 30, 20, 10. And if you want to hear more about the games we talk about in 30, 20, 10, games of 30, 20, and 10 years ago... We've got uh, a show on our Patreon that uh, Michael and uh, Maddie are on. We go a little more in-depth into that. And I love doing that because, A, uh, well, the girls haven't played as many games as we have. Hmm. And, B, like, I love the combination of Michael and I being in the games industry for part of it and Matt working in on the promotional side. I'm on the inside, baby. He's on the inside. So there's been a couple of nuggets of information that go beyond like personal anecdotes and like Jesus, that was <laughs> insight. <laughs> things I've never heard I've never heard before about things I spent a lot of time working on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really dig it and for 5 bucks that can be yours as well as bonus time. Expect a much drunker version this week <laughs> with a little too much political talk and Valentine's Day wrap up. You won't believe why a store rejected my cake. Uh, <laughs> but it happened. It's a political battleground, those fucking cake shops. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, check that out on Patreon as well as over 100 movie commentaries. Blah, 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 more to come. I love you. Bye. Uh, and I got nothing except uh, tell a friend about VGA because that's yeah. the only way we kind of grow our audience is for you guys to tell other people. Uh, that helps us out a lot. And then go write a review on uh, Apple Podcasts or, or any any of those services where, where you can write a review for us. Uh, we really appreciate it. And then uh, check me out on the Twitter at Maddie C. Allen. And then you can also, if you're into wrestling, uh, follow our the Laser Times Unprofessional Podcast about professional wrestling, Cheap Podcast. We're on Twitter at cheap podcast i really might want to talk about the ruthless aggression show when it's all over (laughs) (laughs) it's a bad documentary it really is it's just like it's like so like 
dude, I was alive and why paying attention. How are you going to sugarcoat it like this? That's crazy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to second Matt and say you should uh, go up to a friend and say, Hey, friend that I have, uh, want to play A Way Out, the, the prison break game starring Cicero's favorite couple? And uh, <laughs> hey, friend, would you like to go on an unforgettable lunch date? <laughs> or we could li- what do friends say to one another? An unforgettable luncheon. And uh, and then once you're done playing it, you say, listen to this podcast called Vigil Game Apocalypse, where they mention it very briefly. And and we'll get a new fan. Uh, also, you can uh, visit us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse. Uh, visit us at VigiGameApocalypse.com for the full website experience, or uh, go back to Twitter and visit me personally at No, Wiki no, no. If, if you remember the power team, I want you to tweet me with harassment at WikiPares on Twitter. <laughs> we, are, we are so close to done with this shit. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's been our show, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Our team, assemble! God damn it. We forgot to mention they also do martial arts. Yes, we forgot yes. that. <laughs> it's, it's really dumb.